Okay, so we all know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online. But here's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. This whole week I've been using ExpressVPN to binge The Office on UK Netflix. It's so simple to do, I just fire up the ExpressVPN app, change my location to UK, refresh Netflix, and that's it. ExpressVPN lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from over 100 countries, so just think about all the Netflix libraries you can go through. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason I use ExpressVPN to watch shows is because it's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD no problem. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com lorehammer, and you can get an extra three months off ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com lorehammer, expressvpn.com lorehammer to learn more. Welcome to Lorehammer, episode 25, Harlequins. Hello and welcome back to Lorehammer, the only podcast where we ask you to do our fact-checking for us. Do my we? name is Eric. Well, I don't do any fact-checking. I don't, <laughs> oh. I, that's not my responsibility. I'm just the smooth jazz voice. Uh, Hello. Welcome to Lorehammer. Uh, my name is Eric. Uh, this is Mark. Uh, and uh, I'm Jordan. And we are Dragon Energy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, joining us today, once again, is Peter. How are you today? I'm doing well. Glad to be back. Good. Third time. Good stuff. Third time. There you go. <laughs> Third time. Third time into the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Three times it still doesn't know where to speak into. It's <laughs> It's called the microphone, Peter. He's <laughs> looking at the wall, talking directly to a wall. To the Batman blanket. Yeah. <laughs> I just talk into my phone. That usually works for me. <laughs> You're just not used to associating with people. Peter, it's called outside. <laughs> you can move it if you want, if you need to. If that's fine, that's cool. <laughs> uh, careful. Uh, all right, get adjusted. It's not like all right, should. all right. Okay. Okay, I'm adjusted. <laughs> <laughs> not you, Mark. Oh. I'll do your adjusting for you. <laughs> um, let's uh, jump right in. Uh, wow, I feel like this is not the right place for it, but we're going to do it anyway. Uh, the first thing we're going to talk about today is 32 Reasons Why We Hate Christian. <laughs> uh, subnote, Mark God Emperor. So yeah, that's a, that's I, re- a, I remember writing this and like, oh yeah, don't don't worry about putting a note, I'll remember. Yes. Because I had some huge rant that Christian kept interrupting me, but I forgot my rant. Perfect. So, so we don't hate Christian. No, I'm sure there's still 32 Reasons Why, but... Oh, no, we can come up with 32. Uh, well, in that I, case, let's ignore that. Yeah, there was some huge rant that Christian kept interrupting me on and calling me an idiot. Oh, that's right. And you wanted to use this as your space to yeah. fully get out your idea yeah. because he can't interrupt yeah. you here. And yeah. you knew he's going to listen to but it. I have so many ideas coming in and coming out that how can I keep track I of actually, I remember that. I remember you being like, don't worry about it. Like, just put it down. I'll do it. Nothing. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. Um... Our next one we're going to talk about is, I'm going to get this right off the bat, review us on iTunes, please. We've gotten really good reviews on Facebook, and we love reading them. In fact, we're going to share one with you, but rating and reviewing us on iTunes is like the number one way for us to get 
get famous, really. And if you're not ah, doing this yes. to get famous, what's the point? Yeah. I was promised women? As, as a very power. smart man once said, if I can't go scuba diving, <laughs> what's the point? <laughs> what has this all been for? What has it all been for? Okay, uh, Mark, do you have that um, review ready to go? Yeah, I do, but unfortunately, I can't. I can't read. What's the, what's the problem? <laughs> I don't understand. We're not very organized this episode. No, no kidding. Hey, um, Peter, make some small talk. Tell us about <laughs> your life. <laughs> okay, here we go. I got it. I got it. All right. <clears throat> Just uh, make sure you have your email ready to go for the next one. Uh, uh. All right. So here is a review we got from someone we mentioned in our last episode, uh, Mr. Dylan, and he said, "Heresy." This podcast is hardcore heresy. If you feel like a visit from your local inquisitor to blender your face with a chainsword, tune in to this audio orgy of cultist rabble. It's about as coherent as the ocean waves of the warp. So there's one inside joke. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chaos has taken one host's literacy. Yeah, that... That's not really a joke. That's just sad. Yes. <laughs> That's just hurtful that you would make fun of that, really. Um, the other plots against a recurring guest. <laughs> With good reason. Let's be honest. Uh, life is repeatedly stated to be meaningless. Well, it is. I pray an exterminatus comes swiftly. Great podcast. Total heretics. Five stars. <laughs> Yeah, so write us some reviews on iTunes, and uh, yeah, come on, I want to see. We that can on spread our heresy around. <laughs> oh, there's only one good way thing to do with heresy, and that's to make other people heretics, <laughs> or else you're just a heretic by yourself, mm. and then that's no good. Uh, but yeah, thanks for the reviews, guys. We like it, but hit us up on iTunes as well. It's like our main way that people listen to us. It's going to be the main way that people find us. Uh, next up, a little Patreon update. We've got three new um, people who have contributed to us since the last time. Thank you so much for uh, James, Drew, and Jacob. Really appreciate you guys feeling that we're important enough that you want to give us money. So that's appreciated. Um, we have reworked where our rewards are at with Patreon. And at this point, it feels like we feel really good about it, or at least I do. And Mark was like, Eric, if you feel good about it, that's all that matters. I don't think those were my words. That was I don't verbatim. think I ever took your feelings verbatim. into consideration. That's not true. That's not true. He <laughs> likes me. He really does. Um, yeah, thanks so much for your continued support and contributions, guys. Um, and then I guess let's step right into the... Uh, well, do e- we want to... Tell some or uh, oh yeah sure so um, get people interested no yeah for sure oh yeah Uh, so we have three different reward levels right now for Patreon Uh, the first being if you contribute to us we're gonna give you a sticker yeah if you contribute one dollar we'll mail you a Lorehammer sticker and you can put it on your forehead and be free advertising for us yeah Yeah, sure if that's what they want to put a tattoo stencil for your face that's what we're really asking a tattoo maybe just put it maybe just put it on your car or something it's like the perfect size i think to put on like the back of your phone if you're 
you know, that if you're that kind of, if you're that kind of guy, like it's on the computer or something. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are, no, it's, it's not for advertising. It's just to show that you're part of us. Yeah. No logos are cool. I guess. Yeah. The next, uh, one we, the next, was it $5? Yeah. Okay. Our $5 contributors were going to give you stickers because that's everybody's favorite, obviously. And that's the whole reason you're doing this is for the Lorehammer sticker. Yeah. Uh, but we'll also give you like a dice bag with Lorehammer's symbol on it. It's like a zippered bag that you can take to your gaming. It stores dice. Stuff. It stores D4s, D6s. Right. Ooh, what D- other kind of D10, <laughs> D20s? Ooh. How about a D100? I'm not totally sure. I have yet to try it. Okay. But I would imagine. <laughs> that is a big D. <laughs> Some would say the biggest D of all. Will it fit in the bag? It's just a game we need to start playing. Will it fit? Will the D fit? <laughs> Um, and then yes. our very, our very last one, we're going to give you stickers. We're going to give you a dice bag and we're also going to give you a Lorehammer t-shirt. Yeah. And this is, uh, if you donate 10 bucks, a month. 10 bucks a month. Yes. And then, uh, all we ask is, you know, just donate for at least like three or four times, three or four months. <laughs> Don't just donate for one month. Yeah, then yeah. you get your shirt and then screw us over. <laughs> you know, Don't none, be of you, a, none of you would do that. Don't be a dickhead, you know, <laughs> basic, basic rule to life. Yeah, but, uh, so, but those are a couple ways that we want to just say thank you for your contribution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to show that we care from the bottom of our black soulless <laughs> heart pits. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, the other thing we have on the topic of like us making money off you guys is we have opened a Redbubble account. And Redbubble is basically like you upload art and then they print it onto T-shirts or like... Or anything. Yeah, yeah this is really... Redbubble. Yeah. Yeah. Or, we should or, get sponsorship or, money from them. <laughs> yes. Say it a few more times. Red yeah. bubble, red bubble, red, red bubble. bubble. Yeah. But, Say uh, it in the mirror. In yeah, the like the, this is where red we're getting bubble. our... Red bubble. Third time. Say it the third time. Red bubble. What happens? Ah, I'm wearing a new t-shirt. t-shirt. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is like where we're getting our t-shirt or our dice bag. But they make like iPhone cases. They make, you know. Hoodies, t-shirts. Hoodies, stickers, no, notebooks, yeah. stickers, yeah, whatever. Cases, everything. Yeah. It's really cool, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. so if, you, if you want like a Lorehammer t-shirt, just go on there. Yeah. You know. They're, they're pre- pretty cheap. I think it was like 25 bucks, including shipping. Yeah, and so shipping not, is not expensive. And that's Canadian, too, so... Like yeah, well, like we know. were looking at like if we we shipped to the UK and it cost us like six bucks, like it was, it was nothing. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, if you ever want like a Lorehammer T-shirt, just go on there and uh, yeah. If you don't want to contribute to us, then I guess you can do it that way. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> we're still making money off it. But, yeah. <laughs> don't tell them that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right. Let's get into uh, the last thing before we really dig in. To are the meat of the topic today, and that's going to be an email we got from someone. Um, she emailed us. I'm, I'm assuming it's a girl, uh, Sari. Sari, hmm. don't you sure. dare assume, Mark. <laughs> you know that's not what we do at Lorehammer. <laughs> All I do is make assumptions about everything in my life. That's true. Um, she messaged us a while ago, and I forgot to get back to her. But uh, I believe she messaged us like way back, like ten episodes ago. So sorry for the late response, but. Uh, she was asking about the possibility of female space marines and the way she was saying if like there was uh if the unknown primarchs were female then potentially they could make female space marines and I yelled so at her So short answer absolutely sure like right it's not my world long answer no because space marines organs don't work with female bodies Yeah but like who knows if there's some weird process with the warp that went 
Who knows? Went like very awry. She she was she was and women more, were created. She was more saying like, oh, like if Games Workshop ever decide to go that route, like she would find this like the, an, ex- a, an, acceptable, an acceptable way, as opposed to them just creating female e- space. Exactly. Yeah. No, and I would be okay with it. I wouldn't lose sleep over it. I wouldn't like it, but whatever. I would lose sleep over the amount of yelling you'd do at me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, and the other thing she was mentioning was uh, we were talking about uh, the hive mind and how they're drawn to the emperor, and uh, I don't exactly understand why she was saying something about how uh, the emperor is actually the hive mind and is controlling them somehow. But I, you gotta clarify it a bit more. I don't quite understand. I even read it through it before, and I still didn't quite get it. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in charge. I shouldn't be in charge of talking. No, you it's, should not. You're looking at, there's dead air. I'm mumbling. <laughs> I'm just here to make dick jokes with Jordan. <laughs> I never did any such thing. You said that's a big D. Yes. That's, and then you were talking. He's talking about a dice mark. And then he was talking about, your mind. he was talking about begging the D. I never said that. I actually <laughs> We were talking about a dice bag. <laughs> oh my gosh, Mark. This is a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> okay, one story and then we'll get into the topic of it. Okay, one story. Um, on the topic of family-friendly. <laughs> yeah, I like this story. Uh, my parents spend a lot of the time down in... <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. no. Oh, yes. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Uh, my, my parents spend a lot of their time down in Florida... Um, just on vacation. abandoning their abandoning children. their children. So she was getting lonely and missing me. And then uh, she's seen that we released like an ecclesiarchal episode. And like I, like when we did our release, we like worded it very much like you know, do you want to learn how to worship the emperor and like learn about space church? And she's super. Like, have you ever met a Jehovah's Witness? Yeah, that was us. Yeah. So she's she's super religious. So it caught her attention. <laughs> so uh, she listened to like the first ten minutes, and you know, um, you talk about Ugandan presidents that are against uh-huh. fellatio. Yeah, and I think I said eating pussy, so that was enjoyable. And my mother heard me saying that, so that's also enjoyable. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm married, so it's fine. Is it? That's where's not, our, where's our you official You can't just stats? use I'm married as an excuse for everything that you do. No, no, no. I know I murdered him, but I'm married, so it's fine. It's fine. That's fine. I'm stable enough to be in a committed relationship. So she sent me a message, and she's like, I wish I could be proud of you. <laughs> or I want to be proud of you. And but, I, like, why, do you have, why does it have to be so dirty? Yeah, so uh, that's why I'm so, you know, weird and emotionally clingy and stuff it's because i never got enough love from my parents wait are you really trying to say you never got enough love from your parents yeah because yeah. that is a bald-faced lie they, they're they not proud of me oh my gosh proud they kurt. wish they could be mark i've heard them say that they're proud of kurt well then that's <laughs> that conversation i'm not willing to have on this podcast mark you There's... leave your family problems out of this yeah. place we're not having like a Freudian psychoanalytic session. Why not? I heard people. <laughs> I don't want to hear from Oedipus our fans episode. that they like when we get deep into this kind of stuff, and oh, okay. they're very curious about my my mind's inner workings and okay. why I can believe such outrageous things. Because it's unstable. <laughs> okay, normal so, minds, everyone's fine with, but uh, yours. Ah. Uh. Okay. So Harlequins. <laughs> Oh, what a nice segue. <laughs> yes. That was about as smooth as Floorhammer possibly gets. 
on our segues. Um, Unless you're talking about D's. Okay. And we're back to Harlequins. <laughs> so, uh, Harlequins, this has been something um, a couple people have been looking forward to for a while. Yeah. Um, it's like one of the one of the first few deep dives we're doing, really. Yeah. Um, and I hope you guys can be proud of us, but I know you won't no, be. No, of course not. Because no. we're probably... I'm, I'm hoping we say at least that's for another episode like three times. <laughs> we're going to say it three times. That's, that's my bet. Look, clearly there's some very specific needs that have been mentioned here. So if in your reviews you could just mention how proud you are <laughs> of Mark and Eric specifically. But really, Mark, I think we've uncovered something here today that's really important. And I think there could be a lot of healing that could come yes. through this 40K uh, See, podcast. See, Mark was so used to like listening to podcasts and being like, wow, like... I really look up to these guys. <laughs> they are so good and like clear communicators. <laughs> He's like, I've never been told that in my life. I really want that. So he's doing this mm. for self validation. Mm. That's that's what we're trying per- to get. Right? Perfect. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Just all of his fans, send him some love. Let him know that Mark... I get a lot of love. I've been voted most popular multiple times. It doesn't work if they're just saying that to you. Well, apparently it's not just to me. Apparently it's not a private conversation. It's a group. Okay, but there's a difference between me being allowed to read something and you asking me to read Uh, something. Because you don't ask me to read anything, but I read it all. You guys should know if you're messaging Mark... I am watching. (laughs) I am literally reading every single message you guys send him. Everything. Ugh. All right, Harlequins. <laughs> Let's get into this. Uh, so, Peter, this is actually a topic that you enjoy. I think Harlequins are amazing. Um, and share that love of Harlequins with us. Uh, well, I think for Harlequins, first of all, finally, all those kids who went to theater camp growing <laughs> up, they finally have an army of their own. Like the, 40K the, is really very... Inclusive, if you really think about it, there's an army. There's an army for everybody. <laughs> All those improv classes yeah. that you went to just before you thought you were going to be discovered, make yep. your big break. Even Justin Trudeau can fit in here. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. Everybody who ever uh, owned those Greek classical masks with the tragedy face. <laughs> who owns those? And that's something like your grandma hey, owns. Somebody has those on their wall right now. The comedy <laughs> face, the, yeah. the happy sad. That's right. Yeah. yeah. This is the army for you. So yeah. if you're not sure what army best suits you and you're like, hey, I grew up being in one act plays, going to theater camp. <laughs> uh, Rethink your life. <laughs> I, was, I was sharing from personal experience. Okay. One of the reasons Peter amazing. doesn't play with us. <laughs> because they are a theater and you like the theater theme. Yeah, I think finally 40K has brought together my love of Cirque du Soleil <laughs> and uh, armies killing each other in a grim dark universe. Ah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. So are you trying to say that next time you go see Cirque du Soleil, your experience would be better if all of a sudden it just they're tumbling and then just like they just jump into the audience with chainsaws. With chainsaws yes. and just start spinning around and it would make it more engaging, crowd, en- right, crowd engagement. Right. Yeah. But that's not, that is something you'd like to have happen? 
Uh, I, I don't really want to comment on that part <laughs> at this time. How um, much people do you want killed, Peter? Uh, right, how many people? How many people have to die before you're satisfied? <laughs> yeah, Harlequins are amazing. <laughs> I, think, I think they're pretty great. Uh, I like that all their units um, feature that they jump off rocks. If you've ever looked at uh, Harlequins, they're all jumping off rocks. Yeah. See, yeah. I can really... Uh, what's it called when you connect? I can really connect with that whole theme. I think ever since I started modeling, I always wanted to do someone jumping off a cliff. Yeah, yeah. I've never done it. Trying to get away from you, yeah. <laughs> it's very just like running around parkour, shouting yeah. parkour, <laughs> jumping off of rocks, leaping around. That's Harlequins, Running right? around like the classic like ninja run. Like, oh, that's right. yeah. straight behind them. <laughs> yeah. Just stuff like that. Yeah, so I think that's why they're so cool. And they're also very colorful. Yeah, very uh, colorful. Compared yeah. to, you can do a lot of different colors, combinations. Very bright and eye-catching. Yep. Yeah, in everything that they do, whether they're in their theater, just their clothes and how they look, or especially when they battle, right? Because then their hollow suits go all nuts. Now, reading uh, a lot of the community, the larger community's uh, thoughts on Harlequins, heard a lot of people calling them clowns, Mm -hmm. which I think is very offensive. They're very (laughs) clearly not clowns. They're theater troupe performers. I mean, this is art and battle being woven together. This is not a clown. This is not to amuse you. This is not Pennywise coming out of the sewer to attack you. This isn't Ronald McDonald in the 40K universe. Yeah, but think of that, how awesome that would be. Ronald McDonald in 40K? Yeah. Cheeseburger cannon? Right, exactly. Yes, yes. Google they, it. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. I'm sure someone <laughs> someone has already it. Done. If we have thought of it. They do have, it. like, a court jester look to them. Especially, Which is acceptable. Especially Absolutely. one of the models. Like, But there's, there's like, a lot. And, like, that whole troubadour look, though, yeah. is very, like... But that is not a clown. That's my yeah, point. But the I'm death making. jester definitely looks... Yeah. Like he has got like that big smile on his face. Sure. And and, and like, could even be juggling. I'll allow that. <laughs> and yet still juggling not fire? a clown. <laughs> juggling psychic balls of energy. Oh, okay. I mean they're Eldar, so everything they do is Yeah. Yeah. Psychic. So let's get into why they are the way they are. why are there a bunch of psychotic theater troops, not clowns, <laughs> running around the universe, killing people and performing. Right. Why, why did this come about? Well, it starts because uh, the Harlequin are part of the Eldar, and so connected into the rich history of the Eldar. Going back to uh, the fall of the Eldar, which I know you guys, uh, we covered in a podcast. There's a couple podcasts about the Eldar pre-fall and yeah. after the fall. And so uh, the Harlequins would have been part of the Eldar even before the fall. Yeah. Potentially just as... Uh, the, yeah, they I, were, see you, I see those squinty eyes. They, the, they were a they part were, of it. They were not but, the Harlequins then. Yeah. They were actually more like theater performers then as opposed to like any taking artists, combat. Yeah. dancers. They would have had these other... Okay, they were not Harlequins. They weren't Harlequins, but so you're, they you're were Eldar. There were performers in the Eldar, Eldar race. But how long can an Eldar live? Indefinite, right? So, is it reasonable to assume that some of the Harlequins now were still alive pre-fall? Oh, yes, of course, right? that is yeah. a, a reasonable assumption. So that's what I'm saying. So, Harlequins start 
before the fall. They just weren't known as Harlequins then, but they right. would have been alive. Okay. Yeah. Right. And they would have been the theater performers, yeah. the dancers, my, my the My issue artists. was not with you saying that there have been performers before the fall. My issue was you saying that the Harlequins existed before the fall. No, but they did not. They're starting. They're starting off place it did, like... Yeah, well, yeah. of course. Every single culture has like some kind of performance people in it. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> right. Okay. That, that's what I'm okay, saying. Okay, here right. we go. Uh, but the thing that makes uh, the Harlequins the Harlequins was their relationship to the Laughing God, uh, which we will pronounce as what? I, I, I don't know. I'm like I'm doing Kegar- Kegarak. I'm doing Kegarak. Kegarak. Cereal. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So the Laughing God, uh, they have the who is a member were, of the pantheon, yes, of the Eldar mythology, right? And so when the fall took place, all of those gods were destroyed. Is that what what term? Bad things happen. They disappeared. Yeah, they so were eaten. I don't we know. We actually had this conversation how last to, night that not all of them are dead because Isha is still alive. I don't think any of them are dead, really. Well, Cain is. So in the fall where... Fine dead. He's been shattered into a million pieces. That's that, pretty dead to is me. Is dead? Yeah, because well, I don't think he can come so back. So they're not a part of the yeah. narrative yeah. then. Exactly. Yes. They, they've, they've been separated off, and especially during the fall, lots of them were... I think a couple were eaten by Slanish, but... Uh, I think like that. those were like prized for by yeah. Slanish. But there are still some that exist and stuff. Okay, so basically, <laughs> yes. though, after the fall, as far as any of the Eldar are concerned or know, there is just Slanesh. Right. And then uh, they there are the Exodites who have, like, left. Fled. There's the craft world Eldar and... There's the Drukhari. Yeah, the Dark Eldar. So they all kind of split up, head in their separate directions, flee. Uh, but in... Each of those groups that are heading in their different directions are worshippers of the Laughing God. Yeah. And uh, they become the seeds that the Harlequin are formed from. Yeah. And so from each of these different groups, uh, then at some point, I think it's like M32, Segarak, uh, the Laughing God, seems to call or something happens where all of these worshipers of the laughing god yeah. kind of disappear they go into the webway and then they become the harlequins yeah yes yeah yeah it's only after the fall that the really that the harlequin like order if you call it that like is established yeah yeah and like their first like official like true like appearance in the material world um, is like M33, I think. So they're relatively like recent. In the scope of the Eldar, they are very recent because even, the Eldar are like 60 million, like so old. Yeah. Right? Even in like the scope of anything except for like Tau, like like humanity. Tyranids. Nah, Tyranids. Oh, okay, in this galaxy. Like they're, they're not, they're, they're relatively new. Yeah. They are. They are. They are. No, I'm, I'm agreeing. I am agreeing with you, Mark. Please, <laughs> I'm proud of you. I think you're doing ah, a great job. Uh, well. Just breathe in and out, <laughs> Peter. So after the fall, uh, the Harlequins, their kind of main task that they set up is that they are theatrical performers that are sharing the history of what happened before the fall, during the fall, as like a cautionary tale to make sure that the Eldar 
know what's going on. So that's a big yeah. part of who they are. That's the initial kind of the biggest, most public piece is that they travel around to all of the different Eldar, even the dark Eldar, welcome yeah. them to come as performers uh, to do this piece. Yeah, they'll, they'll even go to like uh, other Xenoses and perform for them too. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Too, yeah, that's really that. cool. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, yeah, because they're, they're literally just telling like the story of their history, essentially, and trying to, like Peter said, tell that cautionary tale so no other races birth a chaos god. You know, because that's never fun. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not good. <laughs> the biggest, like, epic that they can perform is the fall of the Eldar, where they need to get all these very specific roles filled by specific members of the Harlequins, and it's it's the largest scale performance that they would do. But then there'd also be other smaller performances about specific pieces of their history that yeah. they would be able There's to There's probably perform. even like tales of like certain heroes from their past and like literally anything you can think of. I like I think a lot of it is the uh, they do a lot of stuff like of the old race and a lot of the Pantheon stories. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because, like, the Eldar don't have any connection with them anymore. Yeah. Well, debatable. <laughs> but, like, a lot of those, um, like, the paths you could even kind of see are taken from, like, the ideals of, like, the old Pantheon members, right? And so these guys are going around and be like, hey, like, this is where it comes from. Like, this is your history, stuff you've forgotten so long ago, stuff you've lost in the fall. Yeah. Um, they also travel around the galaxy um, murdering because, you know. What? Yeah. No. It's 40K. No. <laughs> you can't just have a peaceful faction. <laughs> yeah, that, pre- would be, that would be dead real but, quick. But uh, like, like all Eldar, the reasons they get in, uh, involved in conflict is like super specific. Like they know if they're on this certain planet and they help these random people defend against this invasion – um, it, it'll pull on the strings of fate and everything will be different. So they don't even necessarily have to fight for the Eldar. Like, they could fight with Tau, and, but then they know that, like, if they the Tau won this one battle, then 5,000 years later, it'll benefit the Eldar somehow. Yeah, that's a lot of everything that the Eldar do. Yeah. Is always trying to get the big picture and yeah. doing what's completely necessary for them yeah. and the galaxy as a yeah. whole. But also, since they, they like follow the laughing god sometimes they'll just do random stuff as well sometimes they'll just do stuff for fun is it is it really like because a, a lot of the themes I'm, i've heard is that he's like an insane like character but yeah. i i don't see that why like i don't see his his thing being insane i more just see like his perspective is just like well you can't look at it and be like affected by like all the like so slanesh right like he sees the slanesh thing happen and it's described that everyone else is like dying and crying and everything and he's just laughing because is that not insanity i don't know like to me not necessarily are you insane well that's not for this discussion. Uh, that, that's, that's a matter of perspective like obviously like an insane person when he's going around killing people doesn't think he's insane but like, i believe he that's fine like well not only but that. does that actually make him fine no the laughing god's an insane no, no, god no. but you're like, saying that they do things for no reason but like that's not what i the image i get out of it the image i get is everything is still very calculated it's just not 
the reason we might think. Yeah, it's an yeah. issue of perspective. Yeah. But I don't even, so, like, insanity but, is not perspective. Like, no, you can be insane, and you might not think you're insane, but you are definitely insane. And I think right? the laughing God is but insane. Just because you don't understand, like, his potential, the consequences of what he's doing, right? Like, if all of a sudden the, he sends the Harlequins to do something that we don't get, that doesn't make him insane. Yes. No, it doesn't. Yes. No, it doesn't. Yes. It just means that we don't understand <laughs> everything no, sure. that yeah. he does. Yeah, yeah, no. Because I never sure. really get the insane theme with him well and we're gonna come back to the laughing god to talk a little bit more about that where maybe we can hopefully hone in on some of that uh so like you said mark they're an army they go around they they're killing uh they're also uh after the fall one of their responsibilities is they're somehow secret defenders of the Black Library. Yeah. So the Black Library is a craft world that's in the webway where it's the repository of knowledge and information on chaos and all sorts of other stuff. And then the Harlequins are involved in protecting it in some way. Yeah. Yeah, um, because in that library, yeah, they have, like, crazy warp secrets even that, like, if people just wander across it, like, it won't be good. There's tons of uh, Chaos Space Marines, uh, specifically uh, Araman. Araman? Araman, whatever. Of the Thousand Sons? Yeah, like, he's been trying to get there. I think eventually he does make it there. I forget exactly. But, like, just imagine if he, like, unlocks all these secrets, um, that would not be good for the galaxy. So, yeah, the, the Harlequins are defenders of that. And they're said to be, um, um, the word masters is a weird word, but they're supposed to be like masters of the webway. Like they the, know, I hear that consistently. That, yeah. Like a, it, it just, I don't really like the word. Like, cause they're not, they're not making new, no, no, webway, no, 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 no. They, but they they're the most knowledgeable. Yeah. Right. There's a difference between like, you can maneuver it perfectly. That doesn't mean they can create it, it, Exactly. Right? That's why they can't even was, repair. Yeah. There is a little, yeah, we can get back to it, but there is yeah. a mask where it describes them where as they're like battling, like. It shifts the webway. Well, the, sh- the webway is constantly in flux, and you can open like very small webway portals sure. and even like extend a little bit, but those are only temporary. Like the webway itself is like a finished construct in between real space and the immaterium, yeah. yeah. and it's built. And you can like branch out of it a little bit, but you can't yeah. effectively change the webway. Right. And that's where it just yeah. it's a little unclear. Because normally it takes a really powerful like spirit seer to actually open another webway portal. So maybe that's what this mask allows them to do. Uh, so the Harlequins, they are part of the Eldar, but they are also different from the Eldar because they exist outside of Eldar society. Yeah. So they don't owe allegiance to any craft world or to any other Eldar leader or yeah. anything like Th- that. This they is not like a, a path that the Eldar right. walk on. Like, like they they have like their aspects or like their warrior path, their seer path. Like this is not, there's no Harlequin path. No, it's just, you're either a Harlequin or you're something else. Yeah. Like you devote yourself completely to this life. Yeah. Yeah. And they devote themselves to the laughing God. Yeah. That's their ultimate authority leader that they're looking to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like even though they are separate from all that, like we said earlier, um, that like if they go to the dark eldar like the dark eldar like welcome them in like there's no animosity exactly yeah yeah that was something i had a hard time uh wrapping my head around was even an interesting tidbit about 
the Harlequins is they're often used to help broker alliances between the craft world and the Drukhari. Yeah. Which is so weird to me because when I th- when I picture like the relationships between craft world Eldar and Drukhari, I'm like they hate each other. Like they're the complete opposites of what the other is meant to represent. And so I was like and for these beings that are so like psychically attuned and emotionally like deepen in their thought like there's no way they could possibly reconcile their differences but then it was like right there it's like oh the harlequins make alliances and it like <laughs> kind of made me rework how the eldar yeah. and the dark eldar saw each other yeah i think there is kind of like that popular trope in fantasy or any of that like the traveler the storyteller who's welcomed in every society yeah. it doesn't matter uh, you're gonna let the storyteller come in because it's that connection to history you recognize it as important yeah and so then it does make sense for them to kind of be bridge builders between different groups and factions because they're well respected with each one yeah all right so uh the harlequins we were already touching on it but their relationship with the laughing god segorak or kegorak or Sigorich. Pronunciation Sigur- here. It's like a Russian name almost. <laughs> Sigurich. Yeah. <laughs> so it's they have an unshakable belief in the laughing god after the fall. And one of the things that I wasn't entirely sure of is do all of the Eldar believe that the laughing god is actually still there, or do they think that he went the same way as their other gods? Is it just the Harlequins? Because mm. I know they are they definitely have this firm belief. In the Laughing God, it's the reason why they're doing everything. Yeah, they're going around telling everybody about the Laughing God. Yeah. But do El- do the other Eldar actually believe them? Um, I would say that they do, but it's just like um, the Laughing God's always been kind of like the runt of the pantheon, right? Yes. and never he's, was he's really, the joke. Yeah, exactly. Like he was never really worshipped by any of them. T- like even when the gods were walking among them, he wasn't them. loved or Ex- anything. Exactly, he was the jokester. Like so, uh, that's why like there's kind of that like. He's there, but none of them really care that he's there because he's never meant to be somebody that they're supposed to care about. You know, he's never really contributed. You know, he's not a master craftsman that gave the elder like technology, right? Or so. like Cain gave them anger, right? Like Isha gave them compassion. Yeah. So that's where like, what did the Laughing God give them? Like a sense of humor. Yeah. But in reality, like his contribution to the elder race for those who believed in him, like. That was their protection from Slanesh, right? Was his ability to just, like, let things slide off of him and, like, ignore everything else. That was what allowed a lot of some Eldar to dissociate themselves so they weren't part of the fall. And it does seem like the speculation is that it was his lighthearted personality or his ability to laugh at any situation (laughs) that did keep him apart from what was happening with Slanesh. Right. Which... Kind of that kind of messes with that whole like how insane is he in the insanity genius <laughs> kind of like spectrum? Where yeah. is the laughing god? <laughs> and even like we'll come to it later again, but like it does seem like the laughing god has a, a plan that he's enacting through the Harlequins, yeah. whether or not anybody actually outside of the Harlequins believes that plan or not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, so the other thing uh, about the Laughing God is the Harlequins believe that he can sometimes take form as a Harlequin 
and battle among them. Kind of that idea of like, there's angels among us. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. He lives in the Black Library. Yeah, that's where he's rumored to live. Right. But if you're a Harlequin and you're in the Black Library, wouldn't you have met him? Maybe he keeps because, himself secret and hidden. I don't know. Everything's so secretive, yeah, though. Yeah. Like, even it that, was always is it my, known that he's in the Black Library? Or is that Like, why would a Harlequin, like, why why would they choose this? Like, they're not hoarders of knowledge. Like, well, not chaos-specific knowledge. They are keepers of their history. And the Black Library isn't known to be, like, an Eldar repository of history. Right? But, but there would be that, Of course, too. but there would be that everywhere. Yeah, it's just, no, the, the, no not necessarily. The thing is that makes the Black Library is... Uh, important is that it's a repository for all knowledge. Like it has knowledge on everything. It's just yes. that people happen to want that that warp knowledge over knowing Every, El- Eldar history. Like right. that doesn't or like be- the Pactrun history. No exactly, one about exactly. That. But they do have like they probably have like star charts in there and like all types of anything. You know. But it was always my understanding that not only does like Kegarak like live and reside there, but like that was his seat of power. And that was where, like, he not necessarily ruled, but that was where, like, he directed his forces from. And so it, one of the reasons why I thought the Harlequins had such, like, a deep-rooted faith is because they've actually met him. I don't think that's the—everything yeah. that I'm seeing doesn't really point to anything that concrete. It's, yeah. it's way more—there's lots of speculation, yeah. and there's lots of, like— it seems like there's a lot of, like, the Eldar believe that this is what the Harlequins— Believe, but they don't yeah. even know if what the Harlequins believe is true. Yeah, right. They just know that they really fundamentally yeah. believe it. Uh, and there's so much. I like the mystery around the Laughing Gods. Yeah. So for me, I don't. I don't want him to have like a home base, and he's just hanging where out where people can the, actually go meet him. Right. Yeah. Like I like that yeah. he's more, much more mysterious than that, and you're not really sure what he's doing or how is he even interacting. Yeah. And even yeah. the Black Library. Like, there are guardian scribes that are at the Black Library that are, like, doing the work of looking after everything. But it doesn't even make it seem like the Harlequins are just walk, waltzing into the Black Library and hanging Picking out up a there book, all the yeah, time. Yeah, reading it, yeah. Like, if it's On under, their downtime. If yeah. it's under attack, there's, um, like, they come and they help it, but... It's. I like the mystery that surrounds all of it. So just, yeah, I don't even like the idea of the Harlequin just showing up and having a picnic at the Black Library. Yeah. Like, oh, I got to check out a book. Got to check up on some history. <laughs> I don't think To write it's... a new play. Because <laughs> even, because uh, if we're going to talk about the Black Library, there's that psychic barrier or protective barrier that's around it. Yeah. That's going to prevent certain people from even being able to enter into that. Yeah. And so unless you have like some psychic ability or um, like we can come to it later, but there are certain units that are like basically soulless, right? Like that's yeah. the solitaires, I believe. Yeah, they're able to guard themselves against like Slanesh and it helps them a little bit. Because yeah. they, yeah, they have no soul. Their only hope is in the laughing God. and But it al- the speculation is that allows them to enter into the Black Library because they can get past these barriers and yeah. things where other Harlequins may not even be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. so they're, they're, it's more they defend it as opposed to that's their base. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of reworking my image. But coming back to that idea of the Laughing God showing up as a Harlequin, kind of like 
that whole idea of back in the 90s, it was really popular. Like, there's a hitchhiker on the side of the road. And I, <laughs> I picked them up and I gave them a ride. And then they were like, Jesus is coming. And then oh, they God. disappeared. <laughs> and you were like, that was an angel. Wow. <laughs> and that's like the laughing God. He like shows up. He's just like a part of your troop. Yeah. Does something amazing. Gives you some instructions. And then is gone. Yeah. Right. Right. And that's, I think... That's more how I picture them getting some information from the laughing God. Yeah. Is that he's there, you know, he smiles, he laughs, and then he's gone. Yeah. So it's more of a fanatical faith now is like like a, like an every other faith, but they're just they get a lot I don't know exactly what I'm trying to get. I think so much right is now. built on <laughs> faith, right? Like I don't think that the average Harlequin sat down and had dinner with the laughing god because that was He's, way more my thought process they are just oh, going no. on the belief that this is that there is a mission that comes from their god that this is what they're to do it always just seems so much more like like faith driven and like belief driven than a lot of the other Eldar that I've seen so I always thought like well there must be like a they must have a like a real yeah, yeah like a real experience with it to like drive that point yeah home. well probably when they were founding like the Harlequins uh, Segarak was probably like more involved then during like that initial founding right. process and then that's probably where like that's where they get that um, yeah, I don't. I don't know if you're planning on talking about the dance at all. Yeah, well, we'll get there. Okay, good because that's where like I see Segarak's involvement a lot, mm. like in that interpretation of what happened. Yeah, and near the end, we'll get to like the final act and kind of talk about Ranadandra. Yeah. And uh, uh, okay, the last thing uh, for Harlequins and the Laughing God is just that whole idea of the Harlequins have been fighting Slanesh since that time when the Laughing God called them in, like, M32 yeah. to be the Harlequins. And that a lot of their battles are behind the scenes, not even seen or known by other races or the Eldar, uh, but that they're doing this secret, a lot of, like, tactical stuff from the webways uh, yeah. where they've been battling against Slanesh for the whole time. But even that to the Eldar, I think, would be a lot of speculation, Right, like yeah, we might know like that's what they were doing, but the Eldar are just hearing things and yeah, and then the Harlequins show up everyone because the Harlequins are not advertising that part of it. They're advertising like, hey, we're here, we're doing the history. Yeah, we are like warriors. We can battle against anybody as necessary, but they're so much more focused on like the theatrical performance part of what they do the education piece yeah and then even like when they do like go and like do a battle it's not like they're hanging out afterwards you know right like show up help leave yeah or or they're they're just do a performance afterwards like they're not just like hanging out with the common people having a drink like sharing stories like they they might fight they might do their their uh their play or whatever and then they're leaving like they're very uh mission based yeah no. Yeah, and it keeps it mysterious, yeah. right? Like exactly. they show up and then they're gone. It's like yeah. the circus. Exactly. <laughs> it's just it shows up. You wake up and then it's like the circus is in town. Yeah, exactly. You, you know how like like a lot of old people hate the circus. Old people hate is that the circus. A thing? No, no, no. <laughs> no that's maybe not I'm a trying, thing. Maybe I'm not communicating <laughs> this. <laughs> 
remember how your grandpappy used to sit you down and just complain about the circus? Those damn oh, no. circuits troops. Like like way like back in the day, like troopers like were not welcomed people. Oh, yeah, like, they by normally like, you mean? like no, yeah. but like carnies. Yes, and, that okay. this is the more theme right. that I'm trying yeah. to get to. All right. People I'll, like mistrusted them yes. because that's where your daughter went in the middle of the night. <laughs> that's where like your son I don't think that's what the to. Harlequins are. No, though. I don't think I so. think it's the opposite. Okay. I think there were there any uh, bearded women in the Harlequins? <laughs> <laughs> but that Eldar can't grow facial hair. They're too good for that. Yeah, but that Fair was enough. what I was like. Do you think there's like someone who treats them as in like oh, the Harlequins? Like hide your children. <laughs> They'll steal their children. Um, I could almost see that. Right? Like, like that's Just definitely like not a funny. Like it's to not them, like it's a commonplace. But like like the Harlequins are getting recruits, new Eldar from somewhere. So like. Is everyone willingly joining? That, yeah, that's an interesting yeah, thing like, to think about. Yeah, I yeah, know. running away from home to join the Harlequins, and your yeah parents disapprove. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, and so the, then the parents forever would have a bitter taste towards yeah. the Harlequins because your son abandoned the path he was on to yeah. join them. Yeah, yeah I, I can know. see that. I yeah. can see it. I don't think that's like the common no. theme of them, but yeah, definitely. Or even even if like you see that, you still see the necessity yeah. of what the Harlequins e- exactly. do. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It's like the the aspect warrior. Like someone has to abandon the path in order to do this. Hmm. Right. But you don't want to do it. But someone <laughs> has to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right, what's next? What do we got All right, with the webway, we already touched on this a lot, but uh, the Harlequins are, whether you want to consider them masters of the webway or just nobody knows the webway better than the Harlequins. Yeah, that's the better way to put it, that they're the best at knowing the webway. Kegarak is rumored to know every single path of the webway, and then that is where people would assume that the Harlequins get their knowledge from is from him because he's right. he's had all this time and he's been around forever so he knows the entire construct back yeah. and forth yeah yeah and they they seem to know a lot of the secret ways in and out of the webway which is how they base their attacks they're jumping out of the webway doing a precision strike and then jumping back into the webway yeah even before people realize what's gone on yeah yeah I, I saw a really interesting thing is that a lot of times like the harlequins will join a battle um well like in the middle of enemy ranks and before the commander even has time to like turn all his troops around they're gone right and they've just completely slipped back into the webway watching the battle trying to find like another opportune moment to strike or maybe they just don't come back at all and now you have to constantly deal with that fear of like are these guys coming back or not yeah one of the things i really like about the harlequin is that it's it's difficult to know what's true and what's not. And what's yeah. like their yeah. myth. And so it's like, still one of the secrets that 40K has not really touched, where like they're, they're slowly like fleshing out more about the Emperor, and then it's like the more knowledge we get, yeah, it takes away that mystery. And right. I've always loved that mystery about 40K. Yeah, because I, I like it. It's do they know the webway as well as they seem you know that they're like definitely making people believe that yeah absolutely but But are they in the webway fumbling around right yeah they're just like (laughs) it's like oh shoot we're here go 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 (laughs) yeah like yeah how long do they spend in the webway just trying to find their way to that one battle who knows right yeah then you have to mess with time and it's a whole mess yeah cool well we already talked about the black library i don't know if there's anything anybody else wants to say on that uh, but I think we got through the the only other thing I'll just mention quickly on the Black Library is uh, I we'll, we'll have its own episode. That's number one. <laughs> yeah, there's one. <laughs> um, they do have one Eldar, not one, but like they have a branch of Eldar 
in the Black Library. They're called like the White. Do you, yes. what, do you remember what they're called? The, I the book I read never actually said their name. Oh, but I, they are white. They are white robed Eldar, and I, I can describe them really quickly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Are they uh, the guardian scribes? Yes, so they are guardians. <clears throat> so the cool thing about them is that um, one of in the book, the person like the perspective of the person who was in the book, she was a seer, so she's looking at the fate, the skein of fate. Yeah, and these people had zero. Um, what's it called? They didn't exist on this skein of fate. Yeah, yeah. Because every single person exists, right? Because every person can tug and twist fate. Yeah. And these people created a bubble around them, and they didn't exist. Yeah. So that's, like, one of the, the I guess, I didn't even know there was a psychic barrier around the Black Library, but maybe yeah. that that's one of the reasons why they're allowed to enter it is because they didn't exist. But yeah. they were completely, like, unaffected by, like, this taint of chaos on this really powerful item that was affecting, like, a leader of a craft world. Yeah, yeah. Like, this leader of the craft world who is, like, supposed to be, like, ridiculously powerful yeah. and ancient and wise. Like, he was being affected by this item, and these scribes, unaffected. Yeah. yeah. Which, which was an interesting thing. Like, oh, my gosh, if you have, like, these powerful people, why are they hiding in the Black Library? Because they're looking after the Black Library. And, uh, that, and yes, that's the point yes. I want to make is, like, the Black Library, yeah, why the Harlequins are quite associated with it, it's just... There are, like, a bunch of specific Black Library Eldar that are actually, like, doing, like reading the strands of time, dusting, you know, doing stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, there's probably, like, chaos energies that are constantly trying to assault it to get in and protecting it. And, you know, someone has to categorize all that knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. So the Black Library is a very unique scenario in its own right. Yeah. And deserves a full episode. That's two. You only have one more time. I know, only one more. (laughs) Use it wisely. (laughs) All right, then let's uh, move into talking about the specific equipment that the Harlequins use and what kind of makes them unique. So they're in battle. They have a lot of cool stuff. Oh, yeah. Kind of separates them from the other Eldar or any of the other races, I guess. Yeah. Uh, So the first thing is they have, uh, it's called Agath. Uh, it's their false face masks. So it's their masks that they wear. They're, they come in kind of two. Yeah, it's basic like that uh, classic Greek-looking mask that you were talking about earlier. Right, like the the, the it's smile. decorated. Yeah. It, kind of even in those like, is it the Shinto masks that they wear? Right. That oh, the are, demon. Like, the demon mm, kind yeah. of face. So that would be like a permanent kind of mask. It's like grotesque. It's something uh, that doesn't change that they wear into battle. So that would be their false face mask. Uh, then there are the face of death masks. That's the marathag. Marathags <laughs> is what they wear. Keep going, Peter. Uh, so those use like a small hollow generator across their face that then like they have recorded like the death agonies of like previous enemies, which huh. they can like display on there. Uh, they can. <laughs> it's demonic faces that they'll put on, like terrifying visages, really anything that would like assault the psychology of the person that yeah, you're fighting right. against. And we kind of pondered the possibility of that mask like playing your fear. Like, an Eldar being, like, a really psychic race and, yeah. like, just constantly, like, seeping, like, psychic energy around them. Like, is it so difficult to think that potentially they'll, like... Tap in. Tap into what your fear is, right? And then that mask just plays what it is your fear is. We thought maybe that would be an interesting... Yeah. And here's the irony of that. So, like, uh, Slanish, their greatest enemy, they have, like, uh, 
what are called uh, keepers of secrets, which basically do this, do the same thing just on their entire body, where they're able to tap into your deepest fears and like play against it, but they're also ta- able to tap into your like deepest desires and play into that and like shape their body. So it's kind of interesting that the Harlequins also use a similar vein of thought when they're engaging their right. enemies. They're they're one enemy, yeah. right? Like yeah. the the great enemy. Yeah, yeah. And they have a th- similar method. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so everything is so like emotionally attuned for them, right? Yeah, so. yeah. So they're displaying this horrible image. Uh, across their face mask as they're going into battle with yeah. you. Uh, warlocks wear very specific masks. They just keep theirs blank, hmm. like no emotions <clears throat> at all. It's just completely blank. Like it's not a grotesque image at all. It's just a, like a blank slate hmm. for their mask. Do they? Uh, do you know reason? why? Uh, well, I know that the when we get to the shadow seer okay the shadow seer is like there's his blank too i believe but it's mm. like reflective and that's kind of the one where you look at it and you see yourself okay. in it or you see like some weird version of like a history of what could huh. be happening to you okay uh, that definitely ties into that psychic energy kind of stuff you're talking about oh, yeah. but um huh. i'm not sure if there's another reason why the warlocks keep their uh, i'll look blank. into it but I just know that it's it's like a distinctive thing in their models and everything is that they're blank. Uh, so the other thing, I mean, we talked right off the bat that they have very distinctive colored costumes that they're wearing, very much like the court jester, like you were saying, Jordan. Uh, they have like elaborate like colored hair and lots of like flares yeah. and like extra added bits to make them like Checks really like, like design with a lozenge. Like that, that lozenge shape, that is the shape of the laughing god. Like that's his distinctive marking, right? Cool. Uh, so then the other cool thing they have is their flip belts. So yeah. that is uh, the belt that they wear that it creates like a small anti-gravatic yeah, yeah. field around them Technology. that when they see those rocks and they're running <laughs> towards them, they just leap off those rocks. They can leap extra high like yeah. the Eldar are pretty agile to begin with but the Harlequins are even more so with these flip belts yeah yeah so they're doing their spinning their tumbling their uh, interpretive dance through the air as they're killing you uh, <laughs> that's aided by their flip belts but it's quite a show oh of course yeah. uh, and then they have their hollow suits that are around them so they're like that is where they're moving and it it's not like camouflage in the sense that it blends into their environment, but it's more like that blurring, prismatic, everything is like broken into pieces. That's the field they create around them, yeah. which makes them harder to hit or to track with or to see where they're at. And it's distracting. So, yes. and- the lines, and I thought this was really interesting because the lines like on a hollow suit, um, like the edges of who you are, like start to break. Right. And it leaves like trails of like multicolored, or they called it like polychromatic. Yeah. Like lights just start to like trail behind you. But these lights will like move all on your body. But the quicker you go, the yeah. quicker these lights go to the point of where you don't even see the Harlequin anymore. You just see this blur right. of like lights that you can't focus on. And then, like, you're trying to hit this thing of lights, but really it's not even there because it's leaving a trail. And it's just another way, like, you can't track them. When and it's leaping and spinning and tumbling through the air. So it's 
even that much more chaotic as you're trying to track with yeah, them. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that. So those are kind of like the the armor that they would have. Uh, then they have some unique weapons that they use. So uh, probably the coolest one is the Harlequin's kiss. <laughs> yeah, which is it's a close combat weapon, and it's it kind of looks like a like a bee or a wasp stinger that's on their arm, yeah. and then they like move in with like a punch, and that it injects. It's like it shoots out and injects inside of them those monofilament uh, that everybody loves, <laughs> goes inside of their victim, and then like splits them into pieces from the inside. Yeah, just that's eviscerates just wild. them. Yeah, yeah, you don't want that. Oh no, 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 no. Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> uh, then there's the Harlequin's uh, caress. Which is same kind of thing. Do, now, do you want this? Wait, which of these do you want? Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't want the kiss. The okay. kiss is bad. Okay. okay. But Harlequin's okay. like, hey, yeah, yeah, I'll give you a kiss. No. Do not no. take it. <laughs> okay. But then okay. they're like, well, what about a caress? Just this, just a slight caress. I'll take it. I'm going to take it. Well, it's either that or the kiss. And I know the kiss is bad. Yeah, so I'm going to take the caress. What's the caress? So the caress. What am I in for? Well... Mark, I'm so glad you lucky chose door number one. The caress today, because the caress, it's I don't exactly understand even fully how it it works, but it's like it allows it them to reach into your chest. It's like I don't know if it's vibrations or if it's yeah, some what, type of phase field. Yeah, or it's like a like phase. How how like Necron can like phase out or so they shift like, stone. Yeah, like. They punch you in the chest, okay. phase into your chest, grab your heart, and then remove it oh, uh, from a your chest. Ah. In a caressing manner. I have been caressing okay. wrong this whole time. <laughs> I thought I was a good caresser. So that's not what I want. No. Can I change my mind on okay, There's we, one more. There's yeah. also an embrace. Yeah, I'll take this then. The okay. Harlequin's embrace. Right, of course. Ah, <laughs> uh, my brother. This one has to be good. Then. It must be. So this one shoots out. It's like a cloud of the monofilament <laughs> that uh, the wire. So it kind of it's it's like the the kiss, but from the outside in this time. Uh. So it's able to more shoot the cloud of monofilament <laughs> wire around them. I thought uh. it just like tightens on them. I guess it. Yeah, it's it's like a net there almost was, is how I picture. <laughs> there it. would be like a million pieces of you, <laughs> just like perfect. Perfect. Like you just slice and dice. Yeah. You have like bits everywhere. <laughs> Gross. So those are like the the main ones. To like, do they? Yeah, use they, like they also use like shuriken, shuriken guns and yeah. shuriken. Pick. Yeah, they they have all that kind of basic Eldar technology too. But this is just a couple of things that they specifically use. Yeah. it would lead to very theatrical moments. Yes, right. Like killing a guard with a shuriken. Sure, like his arm is gone. But if all of a sudden you ripped his heart out and you're holding it above him and he's like, no. <laughs> right, like very theatrical, very yes, yeah, okay. drama, <laughs> as they say in the theater world. That's how we say it. Yeah, I'm just trying to That's enter right. into your world. Peter. That's right, theater, <laughs> the theater. <laughs> All right, let's look at uh, just their battle units and like the structure of how they uh, go into battle. So the main uh, grouping that they have uh, would be like a troop. So. Uh, I'm sensing a theme. There is. It's a very strong theme. Uh, so is the troop gonna kill me, Mark? Just shut up and take your kiss. <laughs> okay. 
That's the whole idea, though. You're not intimidated by the troop of painted faces right. and their and kisses and caresses. <laughs> but they're actually very dangerous. Oh, very. <laughs> oh, yes. You find that out too late. It's too late by the time you learn. Like, wow, what a pretty light show. Oh, are you going to do a little show for me? Oh, are you going to perform? <laughs> I will gladly take a kiss. <laughs> okay, right. a troop. All right, so yeah, a troop is made up of, they have troopers, which uh, I believe are also referred to as, like, the players. Yeah, yeah. that's, like, your standard person, like, the lowest. Right. Yeah, uh, and then hands. in a troop, you'd usually Perfect. have, like, a, a warlock that would be part of that. Uh, and then a troop is led by an avatar. Not to be confused with the avatar of Kane. Yeah. And, yeah. This would be the avatar of... Comic-Con, But also, but this is, well, it's, I believe it's either it used to be called a troop master. They're also referred to as troop masters. Yeah. But now it seems like it's more avatar is what they're going with. I don't know if you guys know more about that. Yeah, I wonder, hmm, maybe it's just two names. Yeah, because it seems like... You can find it under Troop Master. You can find it under Avatar. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. it's just the leader of a troop. Yeah. So these band of warriors that they have together. But then uh, troops have a few, like, distinctions about them. Uh, so you could have a light troop, a dark troop, or, like, a twilight troop. And so it's, again, with the theme of those words kind of is the theme of how they do battle. Okay. And it's all built around the Avatar. So whatever the avatar, as the leader of the troop, they kind of are the physical embodiment of these traits. So if I'm a light avatar troop leader, then I'm going to be more like headstrong, aggressive. I'm going to act more like heroic. Okay. Whereas like if I'm dark, then I'm more of like that anti-hero kind of. Sinister. uh, Yeah, exactly. I'm going to be vindictive, uh, maybe a little bit more flamboyant. Um those are the traits that I'm going to hmm. show, and then my troop is going to reflect that as well. Okay. And then Twilight is a little bit more in the middle. And so the Twilight, they're known for being more, like, really precise and anal and, <laughs> like, really detailed. Uh, and then they also have these, like, cycles of transition, but it's very nuanced. Huh. It's kind of in the middle between light and dark. But if yeah, you yeah. think of just, like, those themes... Of light and think of dark. That's what they're going to embody. But it comes okay. through the avatar first, and then the rest of the troop is going to kind of okay. show that as oh, well. Oh, I, I, I get it. Light, dark, and then twilight goes in between. That's right. And then they have specific <laughs> markings for their troop that you would show on your models. And yeah, things yeah. Things like that. Preferred colors and whatnot. Yeah. And then the avatars, they carry into battle. They have these, like, small batons that are then, like, a flag. Yes. And so after the battle... Flaggers. These are they, good. Play uh, dancers. Yeah, that's right. For their interpretive <laughs> dances. They just, yeah. the streamers that they pull just, up. There's literally like a Eldar in the back, just like, go! Flagging. Team, yeah. go! Ugh. Calling in the airplane. Right, this exactly. way, this way. Okay. Uh, no, but they leave this, it's kind of like their calling card after a battle is over, where they like pull out their baton and pull out their flag, <laughs> and it shows like their troop, and hmm. and it's like, basically the Harlequin were here. Yeah, it's Joker. You. It's Joker's card. It, it is kind of a little bit of that. Yeah, hmm. yeah. That's uh, the basics of the troop. Uh, then troops come together into a mask. Okay, uh, and a mask so it would have a high avatar. So same kind of deal. 
just Someone the highest them. ranking. Yeah, that's if the you have four troops together, you select one of those avatars to become your high avatar. That's right. And both for uh, avatars and uh, I believe it's the same for the high avatar, but they are chosen by like the members of the troop. Oh, are they? And so uh, like if we were a troop, we would say, oh, clearly Jordan is the leader. He's the most flamboyant He's the of the bunch. Avatar. Right. If anyone, the if I want, dressed, I would say. If the I best. want anyone directing me with flag dancing, <laughs> it's Jordan. It's gonna Definitely. be Jordan. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's a cool thing that they. So and also, an avatar doesn't serve like forever. Yeah, you could be an avatar for a bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then now it's like now we need Eric to be. The yeah, because I guess like like we're talking about combat roles right now, but like. They also go around doing plays. So depending on the play that you're doing, you would want a different avatar to lead the play. Well, and the avatar has like a specific role in the play. So yeah. everybody – so if you're – if we're like a small – just a troop going and doing a performance, yeah. then I believe it's the avatar is the one who plays the laughing god. Yes. Uh, and then when a mask is together doing a big performance, then it becomes the high avatar yeah. – is the one that's playing the laughing god. And so okay. every member of a troupe has a very specific role first in the theatrical performance, yeah. but then also like a battle role. Yeah, yeah. All right, so a mask has a, a high avatar, and then we get to shadow seers, which a cool are name. really cool. Yeah. And they're, they're like the psychers. Like, yeah, while all our Eldar have psychic ability, these ones are actually able to like manifest powers psychically. Um, more so than the other ones. They're just more like they can kind of feel the the currents of the work. Yeah, like can every actually... every Eldar is attuned. These ones are training themselves to yeah. use it for battle and or life. Yeah, and in the like theatrical performance side, they become the storytellers, like a narrator. Yeah, like the the narrator, the storyteller. They are weaving together the tale. So they're not acting in it. They're like kind of outside. So they're adding it. like music or sound effects or backdrops or things off in the side. Well, and like their models have like these like tubes coming up out of like their backpack essentially. That's like grenade launcher kind of. <laughs> okay. Tubes. Okay. Are they, you trying to tell me they use these in their performances? They do because they have like like a hallucinogenic almost kind of. Uh, grenade that they shoot out during yeah. the performance okay. it would seem Perfect. that then like creates the illusion as the performers are like dancing around yeah. and doing their like storytelling and I think it's that. also described too with the Shadow Seer that they uh they'll also like psychically impart like information onto their audience too to help them like set that mood, set that tone or whatever. As oh, well as I like to think that it's like an emotion thing, right? Yeah, they're yeah. like exactly. If like, they're supposed to be feeling sad, like they'll help like tease the mind. So exactly, you, like you feel like the tugs, or like if you're supposed to be angry right now, they'll yeah. rile you up. Yeah. So with those combined with hallucinogenic grenades, you're gonna have a good time. You're gonna have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so <laughs> in battle, the shadow seers can make uh, harlequins invisible to mines hmm. uh, so they're just clouding enemies minds so that yeah. harlequins can go through yeah um, more magic trickery <laughs> who wouldn't love them who wouldn't trust them when they come in and tell you stories <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then yeah they can strike terror in uh, their enemies by creating unholy visions in their mind psychically so yeah they're psychological warfares 
So they are uh, seers, like shadow seers. So just like the Eldar have seers. Uh, and these seers, again, how much is true, how much is not true, but it's believed <laughs> that they they see like the doom, again, very much with like the theme, uh, for everybody in their like mask the or skin the of shape. Yeah. Yeah. So they can see like when you're going to die. Yeah, exactly. And they see for right. each person. Well, the whole purpose of like an Eldar seer is that like, especially in battle, like they are responsible for a group of Eldar and for watching all their fates and making sure that the most positive fate possible happens. Yeah. And that's why like the, depending on how powerful of an Eldar C you are, you get more Eldar to be responsible for. So these guys, they're responsible for their little group of people. Their um, mask, because they're they're part of a mask, not just a part of each troop. Yes, but there's. Yeah. But, yeah. Are you saying there's like one shadow seer per mask? I don't know actually what the crazy. numbers would be. Because when we I was, look at the I composition reading, of a mask, because it does show an image. When, yeah, uh, when I was reading find. it, it seemed like a seer is responsible for like like a regular seer is for like thirty people, and that was like. That, that's enough to, right. to think of every possibility that might happen and try and prevent that. Right, because that was like the seer's job, and all they would do is they would tug one thing here and move one thing here, and that is what would change like the destiny of like the entire group of people. So, do the shadow seers like fulfill that same role, where what they're trying to do is manipulate the skein of fate, or are they just witnessing the skein of fate? I would say, if you witness it, you should be able to influence. Yeah, well. Sure, but, like, unintended consequences. Right. Right? Like, in the story I was reading, like, this one inexperienced person, and she, like, manipulated something, and it, like, messed everything up. (laughs) And, like, someone had to, like, go back in and, like, fix everything for her. So it is, like, there, there aren't... It's not like there aren't any consequences for messing with this. And just with their name as a shadow seer, I more wonder if, like, do they view themselves as, like just a shadow and like a bystander or do they take like an active role in affecting the scheme? So I'm pretty sure that in each mask there would just be one shadow seer. Cause Uh, yeah, even like in combat and in like uh, theater, you only need one narrator. That's true. Yeah. Uh, That, and if that person is responsible for like manipulating this, like the fate for everyone, that's a very powerful seer. Yeah, if they're able to do that. Right. Uh, so they, like we were saying with the warlocks that have the blank uh, mask. These are the ones with the reflective. Right. So they have a blank mask, but when you look at it, it's like you're seeing, like in battle at least. But I don't know if you're just like chatting with the shadow seer. I don't know right. how casual you'd want to be. But <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're, you're just like seeing your fears exactly, played, Or no, you're your trying own to play, doom, right? right. Like and you're, you're trying just, to play it calm. Like, um, you're not seeing, like, you're going to die in 30 seconds, right. but you're just like, so how's the weather? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, they're, they're said to be more powerful than, uh, like, even Sears from Craft World. Okay. That like, makes sense then. Yeah. Like that would they're, make sense. Like, the Harlequins are, like, the best of the Eldar race. Like, they're quicker, they're smarter, they're That's cool. funnier. Funnier? funnier. Uh, <laughs> the other thing about them is that they're the only psychers that are allowed with the Dark Eldar. Yeah, they have, like, a so they're allowed to, to walk yeah, travel and, through yeah. and yeah. Uh, which is Yeah, which is crazy, actually, to think about. Hmm. So, yeah, they're, they're very highly respected as being a shadow seer among the Harlequins. What would you say their power level is? 
Uh, are we talking Dragon Ball Z levels? Or? Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What, is get, it over 9,000? It's going to take at least six episodes to charge that up. That's how powerful. <laughs> That's, whoa. Whoa. Half a season. Uh, and then for a weapon, they carry uh, a misstave. It sounds like you're saying a misstave. No, a, a mist. Mist stave? <laughs> mist. It's a mist stave. A mist stave? Yeah. Uh, is their weapon, uh, which does like psychic crushing damage yeah, like when they like beat it with you. Type thing? Sure, but more with psychic. More, yeah. I would say more of a force weapon. Oh, okay. Than a power weapon, okay. but. Yeah. So they just tap you with it, but really, it's like, Bonk. it crumples your body. Okay. Like. Through psychic powers. Oh, and that—that's like kind of like the the joke, right? Like you know, like slapstick humor. I guess it could be that, right? Would be, but they're just like going around like tapping tap, everyone on the tap. head, right? <laughs> and all you hear is like a clink, clink, clink. <laughs> but in reality, you're dead. It's not a good time. It's not a good time. Yeah. All right. Uh, then in a mask, you're gonna have your high warlock, just your leader of your warlocks. Yeah. Standard. Uh, then. Uh, Probably my favorite name <laughs> of all of the Harlequin units. You've got your Master Mime. Ah, perfect. The Master Mime. <laughs> He's the best at miming. Yes. Uh, so now are we talking about the miming I'm thinking about? Oh yeah. Not mining. Oh no. Oh, Mark- not Minecraft. <laughs> Mark's trapped in a box. <laughs> he can't get out. He's trying. He's drowning. Oh, no. He's drowning. Oh, uh, oh he's we, gone. We lost he shit himself. Goodbye, Mark. <laughs> Put him down. Put him down. All right, so the mimes are, they're the ones who, okay, from a performance side, they're the ones who go out and figure out where they're going to do a performance. So you send the mimes in first. So, send send the, the mimes! The ones that don't talk. <laughs> right. So then they're super quiet, and then they mime, like, when somebody walks by, they're, like, miming a tree. <laughs> It's just a tree. They're like, we're just we're just observing, yeah, yeah. trying to see. Perfect, so yeah, they, perfect stealth. Tactics, they let everybody yes. know, hey, that we're coming. We're gonna do a performance. They're kind of advertising. I think they also do some of like the recruiting as well. They would. Hmm. It sounds like they have a very public role. Yeah, they're they're kind of the first ones that you would see <laughs> hey, of the you ever heard about the Laughing God. <laughs> uh, so then they would come and do like a a big performance. And uh, they're also in battle. They also are infiltrators, assassins. Mm. Uh, that's kind of their role. And then the the master mime is just the leader of the mimes. So, but it's commanding the, all the mimes. It's a ridiculous name <laughs> for the har- even for the Harlequin. <laughs> it's even getting a them. bit ridiculous now. <laughs> uh, but then we get to another really cool unit, which is the Death Jester. Yeah. So pronounce their Eldar word, Megarak. Megarak. Magorich. Oh, Magorich. Yes, the Russian. I forgot. Of course, I forgot. (laughs) Sigorach. Magorich. Yeah. Okay. Arabian. (laughs) Thesden. Destar. We're getting this. Let's do this. Mm. It's Russian, clearly. (laughs) Clearly. Uh, So, what do the Death Jesters do then? They are the heavy weapons specialist. So it'd be one of them in a mask. Uh, in like the performance, because there's always that performance side with the Harlequin, they play the part of death. Oh, cool. And so they're the only ones who play death. Um, they are known for having like that 
morbid, kind of dark, dry sense of humor. <laughs> Perfect. So that's like their representation of the laughing god is it's really messed up. Uh, the death jester. They sound like fun people. Sounds like people we belong with. So ah. the death jester wears the skeleton, the bones of the previous death jester. <laughs> really? Yeah. So the death jester. So uh, you were the death jester. Yes. You died. Yes. And then I'm Naturally. like. No, horribly. <laughs> no, I mean like, of course I of died. Of course you died. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, I guess it's my turn to be the death jester. So I take your bones <laughs> and that becomes the uniform that I'm wearing. And there's also some sort of like protection that comes from it. Of course, Peter, because I don't want you to die. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how strong Eldar bones are, but apparently that's worked into the costume. It so you're wearing must be a psychic thing. You're wearing your predecessor's <laughs> bones. And then when you die, like what so so you died, yes. Eric died. Yes. I wear his bones. Of course, naturally. Then, mm. then I die and Mark is going to be the next death jester. So whose bones does he wear? He doesn't wear Eric's. What? He wears mine. Mark, now, how dare you? Now, what happens, though, if you got killed, Peter, by, like, a flesh-dissolving weapon? So now there's, there's just bones everywhere. Bones. What do who's, I do? Whose Hold, bones is he going to wear? How can I di- distinguish the two sets of bones? Hopefully, <laughs> I have lived long enough that his, his bones are noticeable. They are. Wow. Okay. Wow. I survived so long. <laughs> Your bones are old. Really? I mean, look at, look at Eric. Yeah. Specimen, specimen of a man riddled with disease. No, you'd be like, you'd pick up Peter's skull and my skull, and you're like, <laughs> one of these, this guy was six feet, the other one was seven feet. Who was who? His head is twice the size of mine. You give me too much credit credit for <laughs> observing things. Like everything with the Harlequin, doesn't matter. It's okay. just for show. Oh, okay. it's, it's just, just the secret performance. Just yeah, so yeah. you can walk around saying, I am wearing the bones of my predecessor. And then. Do a dark little laugh like <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> like <laughs> this was his funny bone. <laughs> right? Uh, and then they have a special weapon that they use, which is the Shrieker Cannon. Ooh, yes. Uh, so it fires a single shot of acid that's full of like viruses that penetrates it's inside already an of acid. The Why do you also need viruses? <laughs> Uh, 40k. <laughs> and so when you're shooting it, it shrieks as it's going through the air. Oh, so now it can it makes whistle noises. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and when it implants into the enemy, oh. implants. That's yes. right. Right. Because you got to release that acid and virus <laughs> oh all through gosh. them. So then uh, the victim would like come down with a fever, oh. not feeling so good. How long Something. does this weapon take to have, have a effect? Like the person goes home and like a week later they're like, "Ma, I don't feel so good." I don't feel so good. <laughs> and then uh, they explode. Ah, and then yes. Uh, yes. it's meant to be like a demoralizing weapon, so that you're like <laughs> tightly packed. You blow up one of them, and then their guts and <laughs> face and blood is all over. Very theatrical. Their friends, and then you go around, you collect their bones. You make a bone throne. Skull tree. Skull tree. Um, it's said, too, that this weapon is only be able to be maintained by uh, the Death Jester. Yeah, they I had, did read that. Yeah, so. it's the, they're the only ones who know how to maintain it, so they're the only ones who use it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the Death Jester. They, I like the way they look. I like the flare of the neck they have. They make me sure. think of, like, a really classy, like, uh, 1800s vampire. Huh. Okay. That's like the image I get, but like with like the really stretched like smile and mouth. But I, I really like that 
that whole feel to their model. Like, they're probably, like, my favorite Harlequin model. Yeah. Better than all the other ones. Hmm. I, I really don't like the colors on all, any of the other ones. But it's because oh. I'm not a member. I'm not insane. Oh. So. <laughs> fair, fair enough. All right. Then we've got uh, the Solitaires. Yeah. So Solitaires are they're soloists. They travel around the universe. They don't travel with the rest of the Harlequins, typically. Yeah, so they're, they're not a part of any specific troop, then? They, uh, they can come and be part of a mask. Okay. So they, they're not a part of a troop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they would be... They'd come in when needed. So yeah, I, yeah. I think you could kind of, like... Yeah, they're honorary members, but they're not a permanent. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're going to show up. It's kind of up to them, their own whims. Yeah, mm-hmm. I when don't know needed. if that's true. Yeah, when they, needed, because you cannot perform the fall of the Eldar without them. But you're not right. always performing. But the if fall. they're not right. there, but, you're just not doing the right. fall of. But the if Eldar. you're like, it's if not you're like, man, like we're going to a craft world, and now we have like a bunch of troops going there, and we really need to perform the fall because they haven't seen it in yeah. X amount of years. I what, think, they just wait for a soloist, or they call one? Yeah, I, I think, because it brings up an interesting point about the command structure of the Harlequins, and, like, how, because it, it does seem like there is a lot of these different units that are in control of themselves. Yeah. So I think the solitaire has, like, the most control. So I don't think you're so much telling a solitaire, hey, you better be here on Thursday because we're going to be doing this performance, Yeah. as much as you're like, oh, you're here, let's do the performance. Yeah, like, I, I think I, I like that better than, like, they're trying to schedule them in somewhere. Because even in, like, the no, structure of a mask, like, a solitaire is at the top. So I don't think people are telling them what to do yeah. as much as they are yeah. in control. All right, so... Uh, I don't like that. <laughs> you so, don't have to! <laughs> so here's the interesting part to me is, so solitaires have lost their souls. <laughs> and so at death, they are doomed to be claimed by Slanesh. So he's like... That is crazy. Slanesh has like already taken the soul then? They've done mm-hmm. something to, yeah, lose their soul. Or it's... I believe they've... They've got some some history. <laughs> they've they've made some mistakes. <laughs> I, I'm not exactly sure what that looks like, but um, it's that's really interesting to me. Is that that's why they're kind of they're not a part of the rest of the group. Yeah, they're on their own. They're wanderers. They got that well, wandering just, madness. They probably <laughs> could just never be accepted by other Eldar. Yeah, I. I've, I would imagine they're a lot like uh, human pariahs. pariahs, where it's like you just get that uncomfortable feeling around them, where they're like soulless and you and just like, get a weird vibe. So wh- when I was reading the Eldar book, um, like these people who like weren't on the path of the warrior passed by a couple of people who were on the path of the warrior, yeah. and just being on that path made the other Eldar cringe. Hmm. Right, because that was like, oh no, like you're taken by Cain. Yeah, right? you you can sense like violence, the violence and the yeah. blood, right? And then yeah. uh, and then you get someone like this who doesn't even have a soul. Yeah, that would be an abomination. Yeah, right. Like like you're already doomed to be sucked by the like sucked into the soul of the one person we all fear. Yeah, like yeah, of course you wouldn't want to spend any time 
with that person. It would just make you so uncomfortable. <laughs> Especially when you're so much about like the dance and laughing and yeah. having fun together. And then there's the solitaire. <laughs> just is the downer. Even the death gesture. You're like, okay, you're morbid. Your sense of humor is really messed up, but I still get it. But right? it's like, I'll still do the uncomfortable right, laugh. Like, yeah, we're still laughing together. Right. I don't feel good about laughing, but I am because it's funny. Then it's the solitaire. Like, ooh. Right. Nobody wants to be around the solitaire. Uh, but because because they have their only hope is in the laughing god, and hmm. so they are like so focused on that, yeah, because they know they're doomed otherwise. Okay. Uh, now they are the ones who, in the performance, play Slanesh, like you were saying. They're, yeah, the the only ones who can play that thing because everything is so attuned. Yeah, like they don't have a soul to be corrupted. Yeah, so anyone else who takes on that identity of Slanesh is going to get like possessed right exactly yeah. but these ones there's no danger of them doing that so then it's I don't think it's actually the mimes who are recruiting I think it's actually the solitaires who do the recruiting which seems oh, really? a little weird yeah that does I, I, it makes sense because they're the most like available yeah. to kind of just go wherever and yeah. travel around and recruit but it also seems like uh, is that really the guy you want? Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, like, talking like, about. But it's look, look at this guy. Like he's so fun, and he can bring <laughs> so many people to the Harlequins. And the solitaire is like, no, <laughs> I will do it. <laughs> oh, okay. Come and join the Laughing God. Right, we exactly. have so much fun. It's great. You'll love it. It's so good. <laughs> We're just a real tight knit group. Uh, and just like you were saying, like no one wants to be around the solitaire. There's actually like, it's believed that they're cursed. So if you even touch a solitaire, it's like you're getting your, their soullessness on you and you're cursed now. Well, just, I, I wonder if they actually, sorry, Eric, go. For no, it. it's just like that. Everything about an Eldar is their soul. Yeah. Right. And like everything about it. And so to lose it, like you are no longer like you can't fit anywhere. Yeah. But not only that, but you'd be disgusted. Yeah. Like you're a disgusting creature. So that's that's all I'm trying to say is like yeah. yes, of course that makes sense to me. So I I wonder if like Eldar also have like a pariah gene and like these guys are actually born soulless because we also know like oh. we were talking about like the the ones in the Black Library who have no fate. Those could also almost be like that soullessness. Yeah, so sure, I, that I makes complete if, sense. If like I'm, yeah, and that's why. It's the solitaires that are believed to be able to go into the Black Library mm. and just it has no effect on them. They yeah. can just hang so out. So these there. are the same people. They just perform different roles and they have yeah. different yeah. They, they have different wants. Like a solitaire yeah. at least wants to be out in the galaxy making a change, whereas yeah. these guys are resigned to the fact that they stay in the library. Well, and yeah. maybe you're given the choice. Maybe it's like, do you want to be a librarian and hang around the books all yeah. the time? Or do you want to travel the galaxy and be like the most yeah. amazing one. Yeah, because, like, at birth and probably even before you're born, like, if it is, like, a gene, the Eldar would know about it. They'd be able to sense, like, oh, this sure. one. It's so, messed up. So they might even be calling for, like, these other people to come get him to join, like, the Harlequins <laughs> or that other group. But, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so a solitaire is equal to a full squad or, like, a troop of lesser warriors in battle. Hmm. So they are super... Really good. Really, really good. <laughs> uh, and uh, because they have no souls, psychic powers have no effect on them. This the, is where you really get the pariah yeah. flavor. Yeah. They're yeah. completely fearless, too. Are they? Sure. Well, it yeah. helps no. when <laughs> even the powers of chaos can't touch you. Yeah, yeah what, what's going to hurt you more than... Right, like, you're already ooh, so cursed and messed a up. A bullet. <laughs> 
Ooh, a bolt gun. I'm so worried. Yeah. Yeah, so those are the the different units that make up the Harlequins. Um, the mask. So, so The mask go, that are in a mask. We'll go around the table. Which one are you? <laughs> which, which, if right. you were an Eldar in 40k. Yes. Okay, which I'm a mastermind. You? <laughs> you can't do that. That's Peter. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mark, what are you? Um, I don't know. Okay, Jordan. <laughs> um, I think sh- being uh, a shadow seer would be cool. Uh, I'm a death jester. Oh, yeah? You think you have a morbid sense of humor, do you? Y- yes. Do you? Yes. Tell me a joke, Eric. Tell no. me a morbid joke. It's too bad. Tell me. All right. So your daughter is lying dead <laughs> on the side of the road. See, I'm laughing. This is not morbid. <laughs> Peter, what are you? Uh, I'm probably an avatar. Oh, of course. Okay. Of light. Oh, my. I, I, I see that. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 Uh, Mark, what are you? I'm just a guy, man. Just, You're a trooper. I'm not a good. Trooper. I'm just a trooper. He's just a trooper. Yeah, I'm not good enough. He's to be just happy to be here. <laughs> he, just, he laughs yeah. at all the jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just a guy. Even the death jester. Yeah. He's just like, this is so good. <laughs> Isn't like, this so the good? Solitaire says something, and everyone else is like, oh yes, sir. And Mark's like, ah. <laughs> He's about to like slap on the back, and then, oh right, no, I'm not allowed to touch you. <laughs> yeah, It'd be yeah. better if I killed myself than touch you. Yeah, That's I'm funny. one of them. Yeah. Oh boy. Just a commoner, you know. Uh, so they also have like vehicles and uh, stuff like that that help them in battle. Um, so like they have all these different ranks and troops and whatever, but they also need a way to get around. So they have like sky uh, sky weavers, star weavers, void weavers, and uh, venoms. So so the sky weavers, star weavers, and void weavers. These are just bikes. Um, no, I think or like they jets. I think the sky weaver is a bike. The yeah. star weaver and the void weaver are two patterns of kind of like right. Uh, a ship. vehicle, yeah, like a like, like a, a troop carrier, yeah, like a, like I a think it's ship? like a, yeah, more like a gunship, like a five man gunship oh, type okay. thing, like. Um, so the Skyweaver is like the the hallmark, right? Like a lot of times, like at least for me, I know I've been seeing like some Harlequin armies on like Twitter and Facebook recently, yeah. and I always see them like crouched on these bikes. Hmm. And is that yeah. this? That's the Skyweaver. Sky yeah. yeah, yeah, and then the Venom is a Dark Eldar vehicle. Um, very, very similar in design to the Star Weaver and the Void Weaver. Just it has spikes, I right, guess. Of course, uh, chains, maybe right. couple scowls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couple places to hold slaves. Yeah, captive Xenos races. Yeah, bottles of like poison that are just you know waiting to be kicked over and spilled. Right. So the Void Weaver is a gunship. And the Star Weaver is a transport. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So one has a heavy weapon on it. But it's the same vehicle pattern. Same just chassis. Just different. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because even like, if you're buying the models, you buy it. You just choose you if pick. you're going to make yeah. Yeah, one or the other. Yeah. So right. this allows them to be extra quick because they're all like these super sleek looking like floating anti-gravetic craft. And this allows them to like navigate the webway and just appear where they need to be. And makes them really super quick. Oh, just really super quick, guys. Super quick. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure that's everything when it comes to, like, their organization. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, their gear and how they fight and when they fight and stuff like that. So, uh, Peter, you had listed here a couple notable Harlequins. And I'm assuming you know a couple things about them. Um, yeah. I could see why you would uh, assume that. Uh, yes, yeah. be- because you wrote them down. Because I, I did put them on the list. Um, we had notes for this episode? 
But well, Mark, it, where have those been? You're literally on the page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I I don't really know what to say about them. Just too uh, much. just They're, tell us their names. Uh, so we've got. It'll be, <laughs> oh, fun. It'll be okay. fun for me. You ready? <laughs> we got Alil Nuanda, which uh, is a, a shadow seer. Idiot, can't even read. Uh, then we've got Salandri <laughs> <laughs> uh, Veilwalker, another shadow seer. Uh, and we've got La Ariel Ray, which is another La Ariel, hey? La Ar- That's totally how it's spelled, dude. Not Lariel? Oh, well, all right, fine. Lariel. Lariel. You you put an H in there, and I know you want it to be silent. silent. I'm saying Lariel. 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 Now, I know that there's probably some, like, huge Harlequin fans. They, like, downloaded this podcast right away just to hear all the speculation about (laughs) these three very specific shadow seers. We'll tell you what. They're going to get their own episode. That was your third one. <laughs> there we go. Now we don't have to touch them. No, not at all. <laughs> well, I mean, I still kind of want to touch them. Ugh. With Ooh. your touches. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I don't know anything about these guys. Yeah. Um, what happened was uh, we didn't write any episode notes. And then like a couple days before we were recording... Uh, we go into a Google Drive, and Peter wrote a bunch of notes, and then we're like, "Well, now do we make notes?" Well, it would be it would have been rude. It would have been rude to delete all his made, notes. Yeah, of course, and then redo our own notes. Yeah. So that's why we stayed with Peter's notes. Yeah, it's been amusing. It's been nice to just sit back and listen to you guys. <laughs> I'm sure your fans are hating it. They're like, "Shut up, Peter! We came here to hear from Eric Ma- and from Mark, Mark and Jordan." <laughs> The one review I got was like, uh, came for the Warhammer, stayed for the cock jokes or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> something, something like that. Hey, that's us. <laughs> uh, okay. So after these notable Harlequins, you have listed notable masks. Okay. So they, they do just have a, a ton of masks. And, and these are just like any armies, right? Just like how right. there's a bunch of different craft worlds, there's right. a bunch of different masks. But there's, it's interesting just, I wasn't able to look through all of them. Well, because you have like extent. twenty listed because here. there's there's a million of them, but it's interesting because they each have like a very different purpose, uh, and sometimes it's a little bit strange to me how they are. So the first one like is the mask of the dance without end, and so they are like supposed to be the closest to the laughing god, hmm. and so they're all about the laughing god, and they are kind of like the closest to him, and they have specific, like, they do the performance, which is called the spiral of mirth and madness, and so there's some really cool, like, flavor to each of these different masks. Yeah. Um, then the next one is the mask of the dreaming shadow, and so they just are self-appointed that they're all about Necron. And just oh, really? killing Necron. Even to the point where it gets interesting is they that's not the Harlequin's main mission. Yeah. And so even to the, like the cost of not seeing the Laughing God do everything that is supposed to be done, they're still like, I gotta kill these Necron. <laughs> yeah. Which is, a, there's like a little bit of a pull even within some of those masks between like their main purpose and then some of like the yeah. things that Because I'm sure to each do. one of them has their own specific performances. So these guys, all their performances are probably like. War in Heaven. Yeah, exactly. Like tell them that kind of stuff. And that's 
why they right so like yeah their performances are all based around like way before slanash yeah like here's the history of us like with the old ones yeah and with the necron tour and all that stuff yeah uh and then the mask of frozen stars they are like they're like terrorist harlequin where they just like show up and they will fight anybody <laughs> anywhere like they're fighting against the tau they're fighting against like the imperium hmm. they just like pop out and just slaughter and disappear back into the web yes my okay, favorite perfect yes my yes. favorite i can really i can really um con- connect yeah with this as a member of the imperium i love indiscriminate fighting yes yes so they're telling the story of the Imperium then, and they all their, right, exactly. all their stuff. They're like, yes. "Hey, you guys know that humans hate everything? Well, this is what it looks like." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah. I like that it says that the Mask of Frozen Stars is well known for their players' irrepressible sense of humor. <laughs> so, like, they have this great sense of humor, but they just like pop out and just slot. Doesn't matter who you are, they just kill you, and then they're gone. But they have a great sense of humor. <laughs> I like the beginning of the show when they were telling jokes. Not a fan at the end where they killed all my friends yeah that wasn't as good <laughs> so yeah then there's a bunch of other ones oh yeah let's let's just list some names um sure so there's the mask of reaper's mirth there's the mask of the laughing circus mine is my favorite is the mask of the of the winter sun of the of the of the yes yes <laughs> peter can you confirm whether or not it's the mask of the of the winter sun? Or is that a typo? And my favorite thing has been a lie. <laughs> I would never make a typo. <laughs> so clearly that is part of the lore. Uh, yeah, some of the other ones that are kind of maybe a bit more well-known um, is like the mask of the shi- silent shroud, which are very like stealthy. And hmm. Lots of mimes. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious when favorite. morning mists... <laughs> You're curious about what? Uh, when they release the Harlequin Codex, what their like main uh, yes, because they're gonna release like their stratagems. Or, yeah, or no. gonna be yeah, like their codes. Yeah, Ch- yeah. I can't. Well, depending on who, like th- they would call them different masks, right? Right. Where if yeah. you're cha- Space Marines, they call them chapter tactics. Chapter tactics. If you're right. di- Necron, their dynasty. So I'm curious right. what their mask specific. Yeah, are. like which ones will they pick? Yeah, they'll they, they'll probably they'll pick very. Um, like very specific ones like yeah like there will be like one general one like if like definitely you do the dance without end right because that's like your general like right. that's your ultramarine version <laughs> right sure yeah yeah right like sure. or, or just like how your cage no, i know what you're saying yeah right? yeah and then and then you like break into like your very unique ones so that'll yeah. that'll be kind of cool to see the different flavors that you'll get between the masks yeah. in that codex okay so let's talk about some recent history um, of the Harlequins. Ah. Okay. So. I will talk about that. Yes. Here we go. Open your mouth. <laughs> so this is where, <laughs> uh, like, in more recent times, the Harlequins have been growing. There's, like, a, a boom among the Harlequin, where there's a lot more Eldar than in the past that are actually, like, taking up the Harlequin mask, leaving wherever they're from with the Eldar to come and join the Harlequins. Uh, and... It's one of those things where people don't exactly know why or what's going on, yeah. but they're just seeing more and more from the craft worlds, Exodites, wherever they are, huh. uh, they're joining the Harlequins. So there is a boom there. And then um, the final act, so obviously there's been like 
big stuff happening in the universe and there's yeah important pieces that are going into play. So in the Black Library, there is apparently a book of the Laughing God. It's a white book. Is it white? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And it's white, and it's covered by chains, and there's candles all around it. Okay. And it is chained shut. And yeah. The and they're like are these... white. The chains are white. The bookshelves are white. The chains are There's like this yellow energy or yeah. these yellow bindings. Is Mark, what that's I, enough out of you. I read. <laughs> <laughs> I just there was those guys with the white robes or whatever. No, it is a theme. everything's it white. Is a theme. <laughs> it is a theme. A white theme. In that the black way. library. Right. <laughs> it's the yin-yang. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, but yes, this book is... And the reason it's important in recent history is that the candles around the book have started to go out. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, g- give me some theme music. What <laughs> <laughs> I wanted oh. at all. Oh. Shit. Um, I'm not very good at this. <laughs> so, uh, in this book, the final act, and all the Eldar, so the chains that are around, the candles you're saying are going out. The yeah. chains have like lost their power; they're yes. being released. Yes, so and the, the book, book has opened. Is open. Yes. So they're reading through, and this is supposed to be the words of the okay. Laughing God. Yeah. This is like his like penmanship, and it's like written in like light and shadow and right. blood, and like it's like it's not like a regular book. This is a very special, special book, especially to all those who, like, believe in the power of the laughing god. Oh, it's hmm. a crystalline book. Okay, that's the white... It's, like, crystal Okay, is the book. That's that's awesome. Okay, so in this... And all Eldar kind of believe in the Rana Dandra, which is, like, the mythical battle... The last battle. It would the... define, like, the whole galaxy as a whole. This is the final clash of, like, good versus evil, and whoever wins will rule the galaxy forever. Hmm. But what the Eldar have always believed is that it's doomed. Right. Like, because ever since Slanesh came, they're like, we have no chance. I mean, obviously with Yanid, bunch it's of losers. a little different now, but the laughing god, in this book, there are now, like, passages and... I don't want to say like scriptures, but really it's like well, prophecy. It's like a, it, not scriptures, but a script. Right. Because their whole theme is the play and I the guess, performance. Yes, it's a, and it's so a it's screenplay. This act, it's it a is. screenplay. <laughs> it's this act of a play that is kind of considered to be the Laughing God's plan, ultimate joke. On Slanesh. Right. That from. Before the fall, during the fall, whatever. Even like when you go back to the question of like the laughing god and the fall is taking place and he's separated and he's just laughing it up and just chuckling. But is that because he's always had this plan? Yeah. And that this and now is it's coming now together. All the pieces of the puzzle are coming together to now where his plan can be put into action. Hmm. And the whole reason why I don't think that the Laughing God is just hanging out in the Black Library is because of this book that's there, right? If the Laughing God's there, <laughs> yeah. you don't need a book. Yeah. You just go and knock on his door and say, Hello, <laughs> Laughing God. Hey, I noticed you wrote this crazy book out here. You want to <laughs> tell us a little more about it? <laughs> just tell Maybe. us what to do. Uh, because what's written in the book isn't very clear. No, it is, in, it is stated to be infuriatingly vague. <laughs> and so 
that's where they're trying to on a like this large cosmic scale they're trying to save the Eldar hmm. they're trying to change fate for their future in the ultimate battle the ultimate end and now they have hope so that's why they're so fanatical in their belief in the laughing god is because yeah. they do have some evidence and, and so his like final act like his ultimate joke is that in the final moments of this Ranadandra, which is like the last battle, yeah. Slanesh is going to devour all the Eldar. Hmm. That is the final moment. And what Kegorak's joke His is joke, that yeah, he's, he's going to trick Slanesh into instead of... Wait, wait, wait. Let's just make sure Slanesh, Slanesh isn't listening right now before we reveal this. <laughs> no, I warded the room. Don't worry. Oh, okay, okay, they're good. Then you can tell. Um, uh, Slanesh, if you could just turn off the podcast now. Earmuffs, earmuffs, yeah. Slanesh. <laughs> Come back on in 30 seconds. Uh, so Slanesh will expend all her energy uh, to devour the race, but instead... Is, yeah, trying to do. Right, and that's what everyone believes. Right. Like, there was no hope, right? But Kegarak is like, no, I'm going to trick Slanesh instead to expending all the energy that she has to save the Eldar race. And that would be his ultimate joke hmm. upon Slanesh, right? That's like the big thing. That's his goal. But huh. how to do it, and the book makes that clear. That's, that, that that's the clear. goal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But how to do it, that's what is the <laughs> so infuriatingly vague. We're, we're yeah. here. Yeah. We, we, where we want to go. <laughs> step oh, one, oh, yes. make the Harlequins. <laughs> step two, tell the story. Step three, question mark. Yeah. Step four, save the Eldar race. Ah. That's that's it. Yes, it is. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Seems reasonable to me. Yeah. To that and that book in this book, like everything seems to be hitting like a pinnacle. Like even in the Imperium. Right. Even in like so Eldar, Necron, like everything is heading to a point right now. And all of those things had to happen for the book to be unlocked. Hmm. It's like those different pieces. That's why the book is opened at this time. Ah, and so now cool. they're going to continue. They've always been fighting Slanesh, and they've always been trying to like manipulate things or do things from the webway pop out and at important moments and times. But now it's there's this frenzy of like it's so important that they do this, right. and that's why the elder are flocking to them. To see, okay, yeah, the sense happen. of urgency is starting to pick up within yeah. these people. So like. Out of universe is is this little bit about this book like new lore? Do we know that? I is don't think like I've ever heard about this book before, hmm. and I've read about the Black Library, and this is like a very defining feature of it. Yeah, yeah. So like, it it's safe to assume that this is like their eighth edition, like little jump forward. That's my guess. Okay, right, and that's one of the reasons why like like this whole thing with um, you get the book, and then you get the fact that Games Workshop has had had even more. Harlequins are like being created now. Yeah. Now instead of just being like a sideshow, yeah. Right. Now they're taking the stage. Right. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys like that? Yes. No. The stage. Yes. Oh. The, the stage. <laughs> Say it again. The stage. No, I don't want to. Because of, of the theme okay. of them being performers. <laughs> okay. See, and you performers do that to me all the stage. time when I make my shitty jokes. <laughs> now, how do you like it? Because they're shit jokes, Mark. <laughs> they're literally just about crap. 
Um, but yeah, like this, this is what is giving them like their cosmic purpose. Oh, that's right. cool. Which Interesting. Is, yeah. I just like, like when I was like reading the description of the book, it was like the candles are starting to go out and the chains are losing power. And I was like, yeah, this is like to be that person, like watching this happen, you'd be like, oh, guys, just yeah. mopping <laughs> yeah, the floor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like done one, it forever. And then it's just like, Poof. And you're like, what? Oh, who's there? And then you're like, wait a second, that candle should never go out. And then the next one, and the next one, and the chains start falling off. And just like that, like everything in your life is purpose is like crashing in on yourself, like right now. Hmm. That moment is just cool and like would be cool in anyone's life. Cool. Yeah. And that's. I don't know. Like, is there anything else about the Harlequins? That no, I we... learned quite a bit about them actually. They're one of the few factions where, I, like, I knew about them at a glance, but like, I never really looked into them. The whole clown thing never really appealed to me. They're not clowns. The whole troop thing never really <laughs> appealed <you>. to me. <laughs> but uh, I can see, like, it, like of course, it all started as them like just throwing in like Harlequins. Like, this would be funny. But like, oh, you mean like the developers? Yeah, yeah. But like, they they actually have like a well thought out backstory, and like, I can appreciate it learning more about it. I like the humor touch because it takes such a dark thing and such a fearful thing in the Eldar's history, yeah. and allows them to think about it and like meditate upon it in a mm. way that doesn't drag them down to darkness. Yeah, right. Like it's. Like one of the yeah, because if you yeah, the, if you the think about it really, you'll is, just like want to kill yourself because yeah, of how yeah. depressing it is. Yeah, yeah. But when you add the hint of like hallucinogenic oh, like, grenades, when right, you add those exactly. in, <laughs> like when when it be when you had the humor touch to it, you can yeah. kind of dissociate from like the terribleness of it. Yeah, and you put it all in like a different light. Yeah, right. And and I like that thought because yeah. that has like a very real world feel to it. Yeah, right. And and I I appreciate that. Hmm. Uh, so, I do want to talk about the dance, though, really okay, quickly, because yeah. I like that they actually describe the dance uh, very well. Sure. And so the dance of the fall of the Eldar is played when a mask comes together, and the reason being is because you can only do it if you have a solitaire right. and death jesters yep. and chat. Like, you need everyone in order to do this one specific dance. Yeah. And this kind of um, describes Kegarak's um, emergence as like the leader of the Harlequins. Hmm. So in this dance, you have nine Eldar, which represent the old race, and we determined that just meant like the old Eldar. Yeah. And then you have um, them dancing around, and slowly um, like the figure of Slanesh appears. Yeah. Right? And, and Slanesh then sends a couple, I think they might be the mimes, but the Slanesh sends the mimes to four of the old um, race, and those four, uh, the mimes are dancing like super, like sexually and suggestively. Ooh. And then those old, those dancers of the old Eldar slowly take on that dancing, which shows like their fall into debauchery. Okay, and their like their willingness to like leave their disciplined <laughs> life. Yeah, and then the death jesters show up. Three of them show up. Yeah. And they go to the, the couple of the other old dancers, the old Eldar, and they kill them. Ah. And they take their bodies and they lay them at the feet of um, Slanesh, who okay. is still dancing in the background. Yeah. And then there's those two Eldar, and I believe they survive. And in the midst of this, like, everyone's dancing and it's going nuts and everything is speeding up because it's about to, like, accumulate in the yeah. birth of Slanesh. Yeah. And Kegarak appears 
And what he does is he goes to one of, and so he's played by the high avatar, and he dances over, and apparently, like, his part is he narrowly misses the mimes who are, like, sexually dancing, <laughs> and he misses the death Sexy gestures. Sexy mimes. Sexy mimes. <laughs> Sexy mimes. I'm trapped in a box, <laughs> suggestively. <laughs> but so he's his dancing like involves like much more tumbling and narrowly like avoiding and missing all like the death jesters who are trying to like touch him and kill him. Yeah. And the mimes who are trying to like seduce him and get him to like abandon like who he is. And eventually he like makes his way to Slanesh. Slanesh is born, but he grabs one of the dead Eldar. And he, like, touches him, who's, like, on the ground in front of Slanesh. Yeah. And then, because they're all wearing hollow suits, right, that guy's clothes that he touched, all his clothes change into the lozenge pattern uh. of the Laughing God. Yeah. And you can, and my assumption was that, like, this is the first Harlequin. Yeah. So, like, right after the the birth of Slanesh, Kagarak first reached out to mm. the Eldar race as a whole and invited the first people who he thought would, like, you embody, like, what His I represent. The people who believed in him. Because there was believers in right. the Laughing God even before the fall. Yes, but that doesn't mean necessarily, like, you can believe in something without the God being, like, you're my chosen. Yeah. Sure, right? but like, he's going to choose from the people first, who believe. But there's a, yes, of he's course. Not, he's not just choosing, like, you're amazing, I want you on my team. <laughs> that was a very Donald Trump voice. Like, you're the best dancer, you're going to be on my team, we're all going to be the best performers ever <laughs> so like that's what he's doing is he's finding like his most devoted his most loyal subject hmm. and he's now revealing himself to the it, this is how i pictured it right it's like it's that savior moment right where like sure. everything was doomed destruction our race is doomed and this god that you've worshipped forever or your whole life or that you believed in has actually come to save you hmm. right and like, in that dance that's his representation of like I plucked you out of like the clutches of Slanesh and so I thought that was really cool that they described it really well and I just wanted to share it and here. when they perform it it is such like the Eldar that are watching are enthralled by it. Even the dark Eldar, when they, like the performance is so gripping hmm. that they are like really dialed in and watching the whole but thing. It helps when you have hallucinogenics yeah. and psychological manipulation yeah. of what you're yeah. feeling. And the Eldar are just naturally graceful, and even these are more so, right? So it would be enrapturing. Hmm. Really, they're, the Harlequins are more graceful because they just take off the stupid tall helmets. <laughs> and as soon as they take those off, it's like, oh man, I can move my neck. <laughs> my head doesn't weigh 50 pounds now. Cool. Yeah. Did you have something to say? No, no. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. My favorite thing about them is still the mystery of it all. I Where do they go? Yeah. I Where? hope they don't give too much information. Oh, it's that it's fine line. I don't know. I think when the Codex comes out, we're going to get a huge information dump. It's possible. But it can know. still be about, like like you're saying, a lot about the masks, right? Yeah. Like, get, yeah. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Lots oh, of information those are there. public anyway. Right. Yeah. But the stuff that happens in the webway. Yeah. The stuff connected to the Black Library. Like, do they of, actually talk to Yeah, the relationship to... Yeah. Kegarak, Segarak, whatever. <laughs> well, I think that concludes everything we wanted to share about the Harlequins. Um, if we missed something, if you feel that we did, 
shoot us an email, message us on Facebook. We'll toss it in our next episode because yeah. chances are good we did miss something. Tell us right? about your favorite hero <laughs> that we totally <laughs> yes. glossed yes. over and how great they are. It, I, I, I wasn't kidding at the beginning when I said I didn't do any fact-checking. <laughs> um, but let's get right into the listener the questions that uh, you guys asked on our Facebook page from Mark's post. Um, and the very first one we have is from Clayton, and he says... Who creates the performances for the Harlequins, and are the performances all the same amongst the different groups? So, who creates them? So, I would say the Avatar would create performances because, like, he's like the leader of the troop, or yeah, like the troop or the mask, right? Y- yeah, yeah, either both. the Avatar or the High Avatar, but yep. like, you don't need a whole mask to do a play. So, I would say the Avatar would be creating them, and each troop to troop will be doing different performances based on the people that they have involved in it, right? Of course. And there's so much history there. There's a ton of different performances that are yeah. passed down. Like, if you're even just perfor- like creating a new performance every once in a while, yeah. if you're sharing those around between masks, there's going to be a whole repertoire of, of them for yeah. you. And yeah. so there's some different ones that are even, like, named. Uh, so, like, there's the Cripple and the Dragon, <laughs> the Blades of Vol. Okay. Uh, Isha's that would tears. be the 99 blades of Cain. Yeah. Yeah, Isha's tears. When she sheds them. And yeah. then, yeah, there's lots of other ones. Yeah. A lot to do with the Pantheon. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's like their history of like where they came from. Yeah. yeah. But yes, it also makes complete sense. So that one mask you were talking about that um, solely focuses on the Necron. Yes, the Mask of the Dreaming Shadow. Right, like, chances are good, and I agree with your sentiment 100%, Mark, that they're doing War in Heaven dances. They're sharing the history of the battle with the Necron and the Necron going to sleep, and now them coming back. They're not, they don't, maybe they don't really care about Vol or the Cripple and the Dragon. Exactly, this particular avatar, so he doesn't do those performances. Right, because he fully believes that this is important in the history, right? And so, absolutely, different masks are performing different things, and that is, like, even if you and I we had different troops. You're an avatar. I'm an avatar. And we do the same play. There's going to be variations in the play. Yeah, absolutely. Because you think some things in the play are more important than I do. Yeah. Right? And Eldar, who are very nuanced and emotional-based, they'll pick up on the slight different things yeah. that you and I put in our different things, and they'll take different meanings from it. Yeah. Because everything has a meaning to them, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I imagine, too, they're not even just doing, like, Eldar plays, too. Like, I imagine, it's like... history. Exactly. Like, that's what it is. Anything like, that's a tied good, to the Eldar. A good story is a good story, regardless of if you are racist involved in it, right? Like, the Rise of the Emperor. Like, they probably have... Do you really think so? I, I don't do. know if they would be doing those kind of performances. I would, I would I like to would. say they do, but I... The only reason why I would say yes to that is because the Eldar are affected by that. Yeah. They're not doing, like, the great migration of the uh, Bendis. Why not, though? Because it has nothing to do with the Eldar. <clears throat> but a good story is still a good story. I, like, I'm I, not saying that they're a commonplace. I think they have, like, a... Maybe there is a mask that focuses solely on, like, non... Eldar story. Yeah. Because they're it's like, possible. well, it's our story as well, but here's the story of the galaxy as yeah. a whole. That could be a cool and, idea. And with the Eldar, they, like, sure, um, like that uh, Hrud migration, I know it was just a throw up. Right, like, it was. Maybe like a thousand years down the line that, like, now they were able to colonize this planet, the Eldar, because the Hrud left it, right? Like, 
then they would tie That's themselves true. in. Like they, I think there would have to be a little bit of a tie-in for sure. But like, I think they would tell like any story. I'm I'm not opposed to a mask that focuses solely on non Eldar. Like the sure. more I think about it, the more I like it because most most masks would. Peter like doesn't them. like it. Peter doesn't I, like no, it. No, I, I think it's possible, but I think like. Does it fit with the Laughing God's purpose for the Harlequin, right? Like, yeah. does it benefit their overall goal that they're trying to do? Because hmm. telling about the fall of the Eldar and telling about their history of the Eldar is important. Yeah. And there's, yeah, you could go into other, you could branch off from there. But I do think they're very focused on this is the purpose of the Harlequin. This is what the Laughing God hmm. has for us. And I don't know, like... Some obviously are like just focusing on Necron and even to pulling them away from that, but I don't know. I don't like it as much. Yeah, like I, I don't like it. I just don't like, like if you it. were to just throw percentages, like ninety nine percent are doing the same ten point nine. Yeah, where like. Yeah. So you know how there's like the drama kids who are like ostracized by the, from the rest of the kids or whatever. So even among the Harlequins, there's like the one or two the super geeky <laughs> Harlequins who are just like yeah hipster Harlequins. With us. We're like we don't even talk about the history of the Eldar. I'm all about the is- history of the Imperium. And <laughs> They'd make it fun the of hood and yeah. yeah. Just go be a solitaire. Go. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You should be. I really recommend you should be a solitaire. I still have a soul. <laughs> After we're done with you, um, okay. From Drew, who would win in a fight between a solitaire and Chuck Norris? Easy, Chuck Norris. I he wins everything. Yeah, it's, he? I don't like his his roundhouse kick is the power of like a thousand suns. <laughs> but then he's cursed. For making contact oh. with a solitaire. You know what? It's a lose-lose. Uh, would a solitaire even dare to acha- attack Chuck Norris? <laughs> no, because the solitaire's not dumb. Solitaires are recruiters. <laughs> Recruit <laughs> Chuck Norris. All right. Ah. Chuck, Chuck Norris, have you heard of the Laughing God? If Chuck Norris <laughs> joined the Harlequins, what would he be? That guy does not have a soul. He's, what? A, he's a solitaire. That is a true American hero. Where do you right think his him? power comes from? <laughs> he gave up his soul for it. He's I'm like saying, so old I'm and he looks so a, young. He doesn't have a soul. <laughs> he's so old now. That's funny. Oh boy. Uh, also, how do you think prissy craft work craft worlders reconcile the importance of Harlequins with the whole betraying their old gods thing? So I don't the know. whole betraying their old gods thing. I don't know exactly what you're going for here, Drew, because I don't like the only th- reason I can think of that is because Kegarak wasn't actively involved. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. you could really claim that as a betrayal if, in the end, he did the right thing. <laughs> right. Well, like, is that like the sense of guilt that like Eldar would carry with them? No, no, no. Like the fall, they would, or? they would dislike Kegarak because he did not. Oh, partake in the battle after like Slanesh didn't do enough to save them. Right, or exactly, because he, he wasn't actively involved. In yeah, it, in the fall, right, and trying to protect the Eldar race. Like he only showed up yeah. after. So the whole pantheon, like they all had like very specific purposes. So like, you can't hold Kegarak like. Responsible, responsible for being be, true to his nature. Exactly. Yes. Like, I and I agree with so that. I don't really agree I don't, with the sentiment that he yeah, betrayed. I yeah. Exactly. Like, it's yeah. not like he's the deceiver from the no, Necron, exactly. right? Like, yeah. 
even though like they might feel the same, like they're yeah. not at all. Kegrak still absolutely loves the Eldar. Yeah, and for all we know, he was like Kegrak was like, "Oh, come on, guys, let's just have a good time, right?" Right. Let's just laugh it off. He might have been trying to help them in a way that everyone else might not have seen it as helpful, and but that, was ultimately would have been helpful. Exactly, because it's the only way they were able to survive. Yeah. So, um, I. <laughs> Prissy craft rolls. I just feel like you don't like Eldar trees. Yeah, I, I get that uh, sentiment as well. Is that, oh, these loser space elves. <laughs> That's all I'm feeling right now. Um, I think they recognize the importance of Harlequins because yeah. they recognize the danger of Slanesh. Yeah. Right? And that's how they'll reconcile. If for some reason they felt he betrayed, they're going to be like, sure, I don't like him, but his message is way yeah. too important for me to ignore. Yeah. I just don't get that vibe of betrayal, but yeah. Uh, from Eric. How do you pronounce the Laughing God's name? Not, not you? No, not me. Oh, okay. This is Eric with a C and a K. Oh, Couldn't yeah. decide between the two, took both. Yeah, had to take both. Best of both worlds, yeah. as they say. Well, um, it's not so. a good name to begin with, so. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, how do you pronounce the Laughing God's name? Me. Easy. Kegorak. Peter. Segorak. Mark. Serial. We've been over this. Kegorath. <laughs> Did you say Kegorath? Kegorath. Kegurak, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I prefer the hard C on the front of it, personally. I prefer just making up my own. Yeah. Well, it's tough when you can't read. Um, who commands the Harlequins? So this is the next part of his question. Who commands the Harlequins? And don't give me a campy answer like the laughing god himself. All right, so I've got some hard knowledge for you, Bad Eric. news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately for you, uh, it's the laughing god himself. <laughs> like... I'll, 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 I'll Dude, give this one was a trap. This one was a trap. Like I have no idea what I'll, I'll what give you're you my take for. on it now. Like the high avatar. But there's a high avatar for, for each, each mask, mask, and there's a million masks. No, I know, but like maybe that's the answer he's looking for. Like who, the who book. in the actual the mask? Kegorak's words, maybe. Sure. Oh no, yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. It's a weird question. Like they, but they I don't. Think it's a trap. They don't have a typical hierarchy. Yeah. No, they don't. Beyond the high avatars. Yeah, yeah. So we've got like 20 high avatars here. And this is just the masks mask. that we know about. And yeah, and there's other ones as well. Yeah. And so and it's not like who they is all telling get together them and, yeah. what to do? Well, each of them is making their own decision of how they interpret yeah. the mission that the Laughing God has given them. Right. Now, yeah. is it possible that the Laughing God shows up as a har- Harlequin and says like, Necron, just kill Necron, and then <laughs> disappears, and they're like, that's, that's my, mission. my job. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, I have another answer. The Skeen of Fate. Mm. The Shadow Possibly. Seers are yeah. so powerful that they are leading the Harlequins through to the manipulate and traverse the Skeen of Fate for the best fate of Eldar. Yeah. Is that the answer you're looking for? But huh? Even, what do you want from us? What do you want from us? Tell us! <laughs> We're just a couple guys in a room. <laughs> we don't with a Batman blanket. We don't know. We don't work for Games Workshop. No. <laughs> Please give us a job. I've never read a 40k book. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Eric, it sounds like you have an idea. Yeah, let this, us know. And I'm really interested as to what you think because I like all I could find. Because I seriously was like, this guy's trying to trap me. <laughs> so I was like, all I could find was that it's the Laughing God. So if you know yeah. something we don't, edumacate me. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, from Tim. Who or what is the guardian of the Black Library? So easy answer is Harlequins. Well, there's... But there's, there are many. No, the, the, well, there are guardians of the Black Library. Yes. 
is what they're referred to as. Now, a guardian is a type of Eldar, correct? Like yes. there's so there are Eldar guardians. Yeah. And then there are Black Library guardians. And so are those connected? How does that work? That's not entirely clear, but yeah, it does I think seem it's like there's pretty vague guardians that are they are the ones the guardian the scribes that are there yeah. but in terms of a hierarchy in the black library that doesn't seem to be very clear and maybe there's going to be more information yeah, that comes it, out about that or it's all vague a hero like, that is this heroic person who's been in charge of the black library that is then revealed yeah. but yeah but they're definitely eldar aren't there other <laughs> things though in them as well isn't there like a custode in um, the Black Library? I don't think so. I, I know there's tons of people who have tried to get to the Black Library, and I think a couple have, but... If I understand it correctly, too, those yeah. guardians guard the Black Library, yeah. right? So like, they're like not just scribes, but they're there. also... The, and then when... Because when that... Uh, there was that big invasion, the guy, the chaos sorcerer, whatever... Only... Then, yeah. Then it was... There was the Guardians that were already there. Yeah. Then there was the Harlequins that came to the defense. And then I believe there was Eldar that came that were part of that battle as yeah. well. Yeah. And there have been times where um, the Harlequins have brought like Inquisitors to the Black Library. Yeah. Jack Draco. Like he went in and he stole the book of the Ranadandra. That's such old lore, though. Like, we, we've talked about well, that we've guy talked about before. Jack before. Yeah. I forget what we talked about. Retconned. Yeah, I don't know if it was actually retcon, but it, it definitely has the hint of heresy to it, for sure. So there are two groups that are allowed consistent access to the library, one being the solitaires, right. the other being the human Illuminati. <laughs> really? That's what it says. <laughs> They're actually so, called the so Illuminati. So the other, yeah, that's, it's a problem, yeah. like, because 40K, it's 30 years of history. They don't right. take away what's fluff and what's not. Like, the Illuminati was probably some weird throwaway. That's the sensei. Yeah, and like, I don't think really, that's and, canon. Uh, yeah, I haven't heard all. that mentioned a long time. Yeah, so I like the solitaires being able to go into the black library because it's like the price you have to pay. Like your life is so crappy, you don't have a soul. <laughs> yeah, but you get into the black library, ah. and I like it being like not an easy place to go to or be yeah. around. Yeah, and I, I guess like another answer, like as to what the guardian of the black library is, like the city itself. Like yeah, the city it has that, has psychic, that barrier. psychic barrier. Um, and it, I was just doing a quick read on the Black Library because I didn't study a lot of the Black Library for this because it's going to get its own episode. <laughs> but, Is there any information left about the Black Library we haven't oh, discussed now? Oh, definitely. A lot of people who have There's like... not. <laughs> um, but it is conscious, this like craft world. It is conscious and actively seeks to protect itself from all who would attempt to use like its yeah. knowledge for bad. Yeah, so like craft worlds they have like the whole infinity circuit and they're made of wraith bone and right, like the, exactly. the souls of the dying can kind of like live through the wraith bone yeah. and all that. So yeah, that's why I would have consciousness for anyone who's kind of That's a, yes. that's an interesting speculation point too. It's cuz yeah. like with the Eldar and you got to collect their soul whatever it is. Well, I'm pretty sure stone. it's a soul. Yeah. 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 But it, in a stone form, right? Yeah, spirit stones. Uh, spirit stone. So is, does that happen with the Harlequins? Do they go into the Black Library craft Everyone worlds? except a solitaire. Right? Hmm. Uh, because where, what happens when a, a Harlequin dies? Yeah. Where does their spirit stone go? Hmm. And if it's all the dead Harlequins, then that's where the craft world and the sentience and whatever. Yes. Uh, that's really cool. Because you were saying even as of it as a city, 
but even like it's a craft world. Yeah. So how big? It's massive. Is the Black Library? Yeah. yeah. It's massive. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the next one is from Jose. Is there actual proof that the Laughing God, aka the Joker, <laughs> is actually leading them? No. Other than the book, which you're never going to be able to see, so you're going to take it on the word of the Harlequins right. that they have a book, that there is a black You're going to take it on the word of the solitaires. Sure. Right. That are telling, yeah. yeah. So there's, right. there's definite opportunities for you to say, like, no, I don't believe any of this. This is a bunch of crap. Yeah. And then there's also all those like third hand accounts where it's like, no, I met the Laughing God. He told me to go kill all those Necron. You right. know? And then he disappeared. Right. And then he disappeared. Like there's all that too. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. But no actual proof. Actual no. proof. I mean, in the exact same way like, that like um, a living saint has seen the emperor. Yeah. Because they've never seen the emperor. Yeah. Right. Um, like, is there actual proof that the right. emperor still exists? When was the last time he was seen? Yeah. Right. It's it's that same way. Yeah. Um, and in the in the vein of. Uh, like proof and stuff like we don't even know what the the eldar gods are like we we did an episode about not a full episode but we talked about it for a while like were they old ones that like were leading the eldar like were they the progenitors of the eldar were they the first like five eldar like we we don't know what the the eldar creations just meant as guides yeah yeah so we don't even know were they even a thing we don't even know they were real were they though of course isha doesn't matter that's like there's it's a warp thing like like can we really claim yeah i know it's said that isha is in nurgle's garden testing the potions but like is isha an actual is that an actual thing though or is that more of like a psychic thing like we don't know what they are i guess there is still that hint of mystery to them and like it like and for even like the avatar like if everyone is pumping their th- psychic thoughts especially the eldar into the thought of oh the avatar of kane like was kane actually a thing before or, or was it a story it? and now it has been created we don't know interesting but i don't know i uh don't like to see that's how you think mark i'd rather you were a man of faith i don't believe in anything yeah okay <laughs> life is meaning us uh, um, this is from matt how do the Harlequin fit into the lore now that this new Eldar god has shown up? Are they just doing their own thing, or do they have they had to adapt in some way? That's a good question. I think they fit pretty well together, though. Like, Need's all about, like, um, stopping Slanesh, and Harlequin's all about them. I think they'd get along quite well. Yeah, and it's one of those things where the Laughing God can always just say, this was part of my plan all along. Yeah, yeah. This is the big joke. This is <laughs> this is part of it now, yeah. and this comes into my plan. Yeah. Yeah. Because like the yeah, and you need being the creation of the El- a new Eldar god, the Eldar god of death, yeah. where all the collected of the Eldar souls are going to be mushed together into this mm, one massive um, god. Yeah, that they're trying to create in order to battle Slanesh. Yeah. So honestly, I don't see any reason why there would be. Um, yeah, contention between the two yeah. groups. It fits perfectly for the Laughing God, who just wants to sit back and laugh anyways. And right? tug yeah. the strings. He's not right? going to be fighting against Lanesh. Yeah, he's. So if there's a new god that's there to yeah. fight yeah. and save the day, perfect. He's happy with it. Yeah. So I think they'd get along pretty well. Like, yeah, I agree. You're shaking so. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. This is from Derek. 
Are the Harlequins the most fashionable of all the armies, them sweet hollow suits? For sure. <laughs> Ooh, and now we disagree. Okay, Peter. Oh, okay. gosh. Okay. But I'd actually tend to agree as well. Oh, they're, you they're hipsters. That doesn't make them mo- the most. That's really all it takes in Have the you, 40K No, because it, what, other, what other race actually even takes fashion into account? <laughs> Sisters of Battle, they're fucking rocking powered powered high-heeled armor. I guess so. So that's pretty sweet. <laughs> no, or they say orcs what? one more time. <laughs> no. They love color. They love color. <laughs> Definitely color is not fashion. Yeah. <laughs> it is to me. That's as good as my fashion gets. Yeah. No, they're definitely the most, like, fashionable. The most flavorful. garishly, yeah. like, the most bright and colored. Um, they don't look like they fit on a battlefield. Yeah. They look right. like they fit in a theater. Yeah. A uh, theater. A theater. theater. Mm, yes. Yeah. There, there have been some pretty flamboyant orc war bosses too, who like find fancy hats and they like their. <laughs> yes, like, yes. They always is random but stuff. But those like are that. more gimmicks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also, but personally, like I really like the way Inquisitors look. Like I have yet to see like an Inquisitor's like model or like artwork of an Inquisitor. To me, it's always the sweetest thing I've yeah. ever seen. But fashionable. Yes. If you like skulls, they're very fashionable. If you don't <laughs> like skulls, not right. very fashionable. Exactly. In that case, go yeah. over to the Harlequins. I, I don't think orcs are fashionable. They're fashionable in the way that a guy at at Games Workshop who wears a fedora <laughs> is fashionable. Yes, yes. You know what? I can agree. There's a type. <laughs> Harlequins are actually have a sense of fashion. <laughs> and style. And, that's funny. Um, and also from Derek, this is our last one. Is the Black Library really filled with the way to end chaos, or is that just fake news by the Eldari? <laughs> um, Propaganda. If it is, it's in that book. Yeah. If there is a way, yes, it would be. I can't think of any other place it would be in. Yeah. Except in my head, because I know how to no, end chaos. Th- Mark, it's you not going to work. You put a psychic blank every oh square mile in the entire galaxy, you've ended chaos. We've already Perfect. determined that blanks wouldn't work. Pariahs is the yes. yes. And ultimately, though, like the Laughing God isn't really interested in ending chaos. True. Just saving the Eldar the race. Eldar. Yeah. So He's looking at defeating Slanesh. That's a that's a, such a bigger <laughs> thing to even try to accomplish. Yeah. Is that information there? And I think there's a lot of ways in there to help you battle chaos. Yeah. Totally. What are its weaknesses? Right. Yeah. Um, what are some ways you could guard yourself against chaos so it can't take root in your soul? Like, I see those things being like, here, take our 12-step guide on how to save your soul from eternal torment. Oh, right? You, but there's you. no, like, here's our 12-step program on how to remove chaos from the galaxy. That's yeah, yeah. an impossibility. I yeah. Think. So, yeah. Um, all right, I got a, a question. Okay. So my question is for each of you: Where would you put the Laughing God on the crazy genius <laughs> spectrum? Do you think he's just completely insane? Is he is he the Joker? Right? Like, is he just a villain that's just wants to watch the world burn, or is he a genius like? heroic figure that is going to save the Eldar, even if he doesn't get the credit for it or whatever, and is just going to sit back and laugh and laugh. Where do you put him on the crazy genius spectrum? I'd put him more on the crazy side, but not like on the side, like where Joker is like, just like completely like, yeah, but Joe, 
I don't know if that's even a good comparison because the Joker isn't. He's very calculated. Yeah, and that's why I, mean, I don't like the very, whole Joker like, thing. Like he's, he's actually not, a genius. Yeah, like, sure, that's why I don't but, really like, like incredibly that. Incredibly evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think make him crazy. He's he's more it just like fits an together. extreme nihilist. But everybody yeah, who's yeah. gonna you're gonna look at the Laughing God for thirty seconds and you're gonna compare him to the Joker because it's just a natural kind yeah. of the rictus grin yeah. kind of but thing. Like, yeah, I don't think he's that type of crazy, but I definitely think he's not all there. Like his whole his whole purpose is to make jokes. Like that's but, his whole thing. I, okay, I agree. I agree that he is not all there, but I don't think it's like his fault, and I think oh, that's sure. his protection. Sure. Like, if he was able to... His coping mechanism? Me- no, that's... A, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a really dumbed-down way of putting it, but okay. yeah, absolutely. Like, the only reason he's able to survive so long is because he doesn't feel the need to involve himself the same way that the other Pantheon members did. Yeah. Because he's like, everyone's just gonna laugh about it. Yeah. Right? And that's how he's dissociating himself but from, like, the cries of the Eldar. And he's like, oh, no, I can do this through humor and through, like, little, like, secrecy and through a little dramatic dramatic flair. <laughs> right? Like, and that's what his Don't, don't you think, is. though, like, he, he's sort of, in a way, though, has, like, saved Eldar history and culture? Absolutely. Like, but like, isn't that only because isn't he there chose, a genius to that? Right, and I think he is a genius, but I, I don't I don't know if I could attribute it to him to being like a very calculated person, but to more it's like it's like by accident. Exactly, okay. it's an, he's an accident. Even a clock genius. is a broken. Clock is what's the saying? Right, twice a day. Yeah, <laughs> like well, okay. what do you think, Peter? So for me, I, I I agree with you guys. I don't really like the Joker comparison. It's definitely there. People are going to jump to that. Yeah, but to me, what I think of more is. Uh, like Tom Bombadil in mm, yeah. the Lord of the Rings, right? So, so not, far Not in the movies, yeah, yeah, yeah. but for those of you who aren't familiar, but he's like a, a big, he's very jolly eccentric. Santa Claus, yeah. but with like more like, not the white, but with like a yellowy kind of beard. More gnomish and, features. But, but bigger and jolly and like the big belly, but yeah. incredibly powerful mysterious you're not really sure what he's doing but and he's surrounded with all this evil like the barrow and the barrow whites and there's like the forest is incredibly wild where he lives but he can kind of just laugh in the face of all of that Mm. and so like if you can picture the laughing god maybe more as like a jolly like kind of laughter instead of that joker like insane cackle yeah i like that way more actually because then you can see that kind of guy like having a plan and just laughing so that that's how i can picture him sitting back even at something as like terrible as the fall of the eldar where the everything is just going the worst it possibly could but he's able to laugh because he knows there's a bigger plan there's things that are going to happen it's going to take yeah. time but it's going to work out yeah and i can see like the harlequins that's the kind of laughing god that you put your faith in and give your life to not the joker who is the puppet master who is just like crazy evil yeah but even where you're around him and you're like because tom bombadil is like He's a little crazy. Yeah, right? exactly. And it's a little but more sketchy. in a way that you just don't understand why he's doing it. Sure. Like, remember Galadriel. I'm just going to go full Lord of the Rings Perfect. here. Perfect. Like, like, that crazy power that's, like, right on the, like, sword's edge that could go evil but is right. under control. That, to me, is the laughing god. Could he go crazy and everything <laughs> is going to be, like, screwed? Yeah. 
But he's got it under control. He's got because because of who his personality and his character is. Such a jovial character, right? Like you don't even have a worry that it would go to that, right? Right? Yeah. Because you that's just this is who he is, and yeah. it's not like you would change that that very nature of the person. So go back to the very beginning with the other gods, right? You were t- calling him like the runt of the gods, and it's like fine. You call okay. me the runt of the gods. I'm laughing because I know you guys are all screwed. You're all gonna <laughs> die. Yeah, you know or whatever. Whatever death looks like for you, yeah. and I'm going to be okay. So pick on me, call me the runt, whatever. It doesn't seem like I have a big purpose here, but I'm going to um, outlast all of you. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, and everything so, to him is just the joke, and yeah. that's the ultimate joke, right? Yeah. So if you take away anything from this podcast, take away that that uh, he's more Kendrick, like Tom Bomb. Yeah, honestly, I really like that. I, I uh, thanks for sharing that earlier, Peter. <laughs> He was holding it. Uh, he was. It, it, was, was, a good it was a good one, though. I really like that that um, that comparison of yeah. Bombadil. Okay. Um, well, that went through our questions. Um, Peter, thank you for joining us. Anytime. Always a pleasure to have you on our podcast. Um, thanks for listening, guys. This was our episode on Harlequins. Hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed planning it. Zero, because I didn't do anything. It was easy. It was so nice. Remember to put a review on iTunes. Yes, please. Mention an in-joke from the podcast. Yeah. Yep. Everyone just starts saying crude sexual. Jizz hands. Jizz hands, crude sexual. Any of the two will do. Crude sexual. No. Attracted only to crude. Yeah, yeah. I have been described as crude sexual by a uh, man. only. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Your poor wife. Um, message us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Shoot us an email. Um, we're always excited to chat with people and uh, learn more about them and see where you guys are. Like, I'm in Portland and like... Uh, a little over a month. Which Portland? Uh, Oregon. And there ah. is a guy. I sent him a message. If you're listening, Remington, message me back. Because it's been a couple days and I'm nervous. Oh. <laughs> Mark okay. and I are actually going to GrazCon today. Yeah. Um, so that'll be like five days before this episode is released. But uh, hopefully we'll take some pictures. At this point, you would have seen them. Yeah. <laughs> and some videos and stuff. But we're looking forward to that. Yeah, it should be, should be interesting. Should be fun. Um... Other than that, check out our Patreon. Check out our Redbubble. We're going to put it all on our Facebook anyway. Yeah. So you'll see it there. And I guess we'll see you in two weeks. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Peace out. Bye, Peter. Peter, bye. Bye, Peter. Peter? Peter? Peter?